You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors. but knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. Why so serious? Where is he? People are dying. What would you have me do? Endure. You can be the outcast. You can make the choice that no one else will face. The right choice. Gotham needs you. A little fight in you. I like that. And you're gonna love me. Now that's more like it, Mr. Wayne. citizens of gotham welcome back to the eternal night a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective the dark knight of the dc universe batman as you all know i am of course one of your returning hosts my name is philip barker and i am once again joined by my often more often than not co-host mr craig blaylock thank you guys for joining us today 
Um, it's going to be a pretty action-packed episode. We're going to be commentating through The Dark Knight, a movie that turns 15 uh, as of this recording in three days' time, but we, we figured we'd get it out there before the anniversary date. Anyone knows this movie, it's, it's The Dark Knight. It's Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, directed by Christopher Nolan, came out in 2008. Uh, it is the sequel to Batman Begins, and, um, you know, 15 years. It is, it is arguably one of the better Batman movies that has been made in, in Batman's canonical history. Um, but before that, we do have some housekeeping to get rid of. Well, I don't really mean get rid of, but some housekeeping to tend to, I guess I should say. But before I get into that, let me just ask my co-host how he's doing. Craig, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Finally got a got a weekend off, so I'm going to... Number one thing, I wanted to get this commentary done because I love this movie. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get this going. Yeah, we finally came finally came forward with a solid recording schedule we're finally hammering stuff down uh, i know you and i talked about doing this i th- i want to say on our last episode i think we teased it at the very end of the last episode that we did our, our yeah our not safe for work episode where um our our alternate personalities uh big bad craig and unfiltered managed to get into the bat cave and well yeah you you all saw the result of that oh, hopefully I'm allowed clack real quick i gotta open a can here there we go all right Ooh. set to go look at that <laughs> Cracking open a cold one with the boys. I'm ready. Speaking of cracking a cold one open with the boys, uh, I think I told Craig before we started recording, I I got, I, I, re, I had a couple messages sent my way in regards to our last two episodes. Now, uh, before the Not For Safe ep- Work episode came out, I believe it's called Acid Spitting Flowers. That was the most recent episode we did where, um, well, as I mentioned, our uh, alternate selves came in and wreaked some verbal havoc, if you will. And a little ranting here and there. A little something like that, yeah. But before that, we did an episode on uh, Batman Forever, the Red Book Edition. And um, we did that because of all the buzz surrounding the Schumacher cut. There's actually a solid two-parter episode, episodic podcast uh, called The Epic Film Guys. They actually broke down the Schumacher cut in the first part. And then the second part, they interviewed the guy, Joe Black, who gave the copy to Kevin Smith. I haven't listened to part two, but the breakdown of the Schumacher cut is very insightful. Naive, but huh. insightful. No, seriously, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very insightful. Um, it's actually kind of close to the Red Book edition in certain aspects, but not quite. There, there are some things that were present in the Schumacher cut that were not present in the version that Craig and I watched. Um, the first message we got was actually from David David Wang. He reached out to me via Twitter, and he asked if we were going to do a commentary to the Red Book Edition. And um, Craig and I were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. As much as we would like to, the point of a commentary track is so other people can watch along. And unfortunately, the Red Book Edition isn't something you can just like go to a video store and buy or go on a digital market and buy. It's it's yeah, it's, it's a, a fan, fan edit. It's a fan edit and. It would be fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, it would be exquisitely fun to talk through that movie with Craig, because I know Craig and I had a really, really big fun time watching that the, when we did, to what, two, three weeks ago? When, yep. I, when I gave you and Terrence copies. I gave a couple other yep. people copies, too. But, yeah. Um, I'd love to, but at the same time, it would feel almost unnecessary, because, again, like we would want people to watch it along with us, and if you can't get a hold of the copy, well, then... You know, you you'd just be stuck listening to us talk about the movie, and I ne- I don't necessarily know that that would be too much fun. Not to say that I have not listened to commentary tracks without watching the movie, because that is fun. 
but yeah. I think I, I think for this one, I don't know. I'm not gonna say no definitively yet, but I think just as of right now, it's a it's a it'll be on kind of a back burner idea. I, I don't know, Craig. How do you feel about the Red Book Edition commentary? If, I, if I feel kind of the I feel kind of the same, just because again, this isn't something that you can just go out and get. Like, yes, you can if you do enough searching. You can find it on the internet and download it, but you know, the purpose of like the commentary is that, you know, it's something that is easily accessible that people can just grab and watch along with. And I feel like with the Red Book edition, unfortunately, there's just there is no like DVD out there that you could just, you know, buy on Amazon or go to Walmart or that kind of stuff. Um, I think also too, like in terms of the Red Book edition now granted the Schumacher cut is probably different, but in terms of the Red Book edition, it's it's really just the same movie just with those couple of deleted scenes mixed in and i feel like on our last episode or on that episode where we talked about the red book edition we went pretty in depth on those deleted scenes Mm -hmm. so it would really just be us really just watching batman forever and then reiterating what we already went over on those deleted scenes now i will just throw this out there in the event the Schumacher cut actually gets released, mm, mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero issue doing a commentary track to that because yeah, that's a that's a different story. That is a different story because there are sequences from Batman Forever that are shuffled around in the Schumacher cut. Um, for yep. example, when you meet Edward Nigma for the first time, when Bruce Wayne meets Edward Nigma for the first time, it that takes place directly after Harvey Dent's escape from Arkham Asylum. Yep. Which in the theatrical cut. You don't see that until after the fact, after you see the whole showcase with Two-Face, after you see all that. So yep. just, just 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 putting it out there. If the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever were to ever be released, if Warner Brothers were ever to get wise enough to do that, because they could yeah. use some money right about now, wouldn't you say, Craig? Yeah, they could probably use it, but, you know, they got the Flash NFT, so, you know... I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it, but, but regardless... I think Craig and I would have absolutely zero issue doing a commentary oh, track yeah. to the Schumacher cut. Hell, I'm sure if Craig and I really wanted to, we could probably spend four and a half hours doing a commentary track to Zack Snyder's Justice League. But that's a whole yeah. other different conversation for a whole <laughs> different day because that yeah. movie's still pretty fresh. And there's not an anniversary for at least th- two more years, three more years. So maybe we'll talk about yep. it. We will talk about it now. Um, our second our second message came from I, I hope I pronounce this right. John John Cotto is it Cotto or Cato? Please let me know if I'm pronouncing this right. He reached out to me via Instagram. He says Phil needed to reach out to you about your last episode of the Eternal Night. Just listening to you guys ranting and it was beautiful. What I mean is that you guys are transparent about everything you talk about, and I appreciate it. I love you guys. Even when I don't agree with you in all topics, I love to hear a different perspective. I agree with the last episode thing. I agree with the last thing you said in the episode. Don't be a dick. (laughs) You're amazing. Hope all is well with you. P.S. I am also considering leaving Twitter. Rarely go on it because I don't like the toxicity of accounts that I don't even follow that pop up, but I won't go there. John, thank you again for reaching out via Instagram, my friend. It's always a blast getting, you, you know, this. these are the first two messages I think Craig and I have received in regards to the show. So thank you again. If anyone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, feel, feel free. You know, if you guys want to reach out to myself or Craig, by all means, we're on Instagram. We're on threads uh, at Craigie Omega and at Unfiltered. You can also follow this show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, search oh, for- 
Here's actually something funny though. When I created my Instagram and threads, um, my handle is actually Craigie underscore Omega. Oh, because okay. apparently when I typed in Craigie Omega, it said it was profane. Wow. Well, <laughs> but since I entered the underscore, a okay. There you have it. Okay. I don't know. I I don't know what's profane about it, but you know, AI. So okay, I I stand correct. Craigie underscore Omega. Yep. That's for uh, Instagram and threads. That's the thing. Yep. I'm not really on Twitter that much anymore since I've made a threads account. And I, I got to say, it's much cleaner. It's much nicer. There's a lot less mm-hmm. nonsense. And honestly, the block and mute features work a hell of a lot better in this than they ever did on Twitter. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's so... Yeah, I don't, I don't so... have I don't have too much reference just because, again, I was only on Twitter for a very short amount of time before I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I've been on there with three different accounts over the last decade, and I'm pretty much done with it. So, yeah. It, again, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to us, feel free to at uh, TEK underscore podcast. That's for the show. Or you can also drop us an email, eternalnightpod at gmail.com. We can also accept any emails anytime. Not to say that we haven't received any, but... That's neither here nor there. Um, that said, I think we should probably provide some thoughts about the Dark Knight and get this commentary on the road, wouldn't you say, yep. my guy? Now, Absolutely. <clears throat> in regards to the Dark Knight, this movie is 15 years old as of the 18th. Um, I distinctly remember when I saw this movie. I'm sure Craig can probably attest to that as well when he first saw this film. So let, let me just get your high-level thoughts on seeing this film for the first time and what, what it feels like revisiting it 15 years later now for our, for our impending commentary track. I still remember. So saw it, obviously, premiere night. Um, walking out of that theater, I was stunned at how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, like, if you think back... 15 years ago batman begins did well but it didn't really light the world on fire like a lot of people honestly didn't even know really a, much about batman begins if, if you really think about it i remember specifically at the time back then i was working at a um a video game store not gamestop it was like an offshoot of uh hollywood video and mm-hmm. I didn't even know Batman Begins was even out until we got copies of the Batman Begins video game at my store. Like I pulled, I opened the box and I look at it. I'm like, Batman Begins, this is a new Batman game. And then I look at my back and it says, based on the hit movie, I'm like, hit movie, there's a new Batman movie out. Like Begins really didn't like it. It got its praise, but it was very, just kind of a, eh, that was neat kind of a reaction when it initially came out and then when the dark knight comes out you know everyone's like okay well the, that first movie was pretty good hopefully this one's just as good and i i still remember a hush in the theater when the credits rolled on the dark knight like people were stunned at mm-hmm. what they had seen that night mm-hmm. i am kind of with you in that i had no idea that batman begins had come out i think by the time mm-hmm. that that film came out i was in middle school i would have been about 13 in 2005 yeah that yeah, sounds about right ends. yeah so um i miss that in theaters it's the only batman movie i've not seen in theaters is batman begins and so i had found out about it because of the video game and also because my best friend had rented it from a video store back when you know vhs this was in the dying days of vhs so batman begins was one of the last mm-hmm. movies to hit vhs 
And so we watched it, and I was pretty impressed. Um, I mean, you know, at, at 13, you have a pretty, at least I did, I had a pretty, pretty interesting idea of what of what Batman was supposed to be. Obviously, you know, I had, at the time, I was kind of bummed that, that the Scarecrow was in like a, you know, a, a, a burlap sack, burlap sack. And like, you know, the, 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 um, the straight jacket, like that look to me yeah. wasn't, wasn't quite appealing, but you know, over time I, I can, I can, you know, respect the, the, the realism of it now as an adult. Um, but going into the dark night, I think this was probably the film that got me interested in, you know, following productions through the through the internet obviously and like trying to you know kind of scour the internet and see if there were any like potential like what could happen with the next film or whatever and then i want to say in december of 2007 was when they launched that website and that's when they showcased the first trailer for the dark knight and Mm. not long after that heath ledger shortly passed away and so immediately a lot of the marketing for the dark knight was focused on Heath Ledger. And I yep. distinctly remember that second trailer releasing. And I even went as I, I, I watched that trailer and that was, that, that was to me, the dark Knight is the first time I can remember obsessing over a Batman movie where I was legitimately excited to see what kind of story was being told. And, you know, getting to see Batman and the Joker on the big screen again for the first time, but also yep. with, with the caveat that unfortunately Heath Ledger is not going to be able to reprise the role if this film is successful. Now, this is also the first film that I got to see by myself as, you know, a young and as a as a young man, as, you know, the first time I got to go to a movie theater by myself and watch a movie. My I, I begged my dad once, like when this movie was coming out, I begged my dad, I was like, look, we need to go to the movie theater now so I can buy my ticket for seven o'clock. And he was like, why? like because you're gonna (laughs) i was like because you're gonna take me there at four o'clock so i can stand in line he was like uh okay so we get there at noon and he buys the ticket we show back up at four and he sees the line he's like oh i get it now okay this is this is (laughs) this is why you wanted to go early i was like yeah i i'm i'm not missing this movie pop and he was like all right see you at (laughs) 10 (laughs) o'clock this this was long before the days of uh, Fandango assigned seating, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. This, this was, was you wanted you wanted to see a movie and you wanted to be like one of the first people to get in there and see it. You better be standing in line. Not only that, you either had to buy your ticket beforehand and then stand in line. Yep. Or you had someone stand in line for you. So mm-hmm. luckily, I bought my ticket at around noon. My dad dropped me off at about four. They opened the doors at about six and let everyone in at about six thirty. The theater was packed. I mean, packed, packed, packed to the point where people were sitting on the stairs packed. Okay. Yeah. The pencil sequence happened. Everyone applauded. Not yeah. one person booed. Yeah. Like this theater was so jam packed. The moments yeah. that deserved applause, they applauded at. It was hands down one of the best theater experiences I had ever had. And I saw this movie two more times that summer with the rest of my family. And again, with Maybe I saw it with a girlfriend. I don't remember. But yeah, this was definitely one for the books for me. And now revisiting, watching it last night, I, I word for word, I can say that I can say this movie word for word if given the opportunity. 
Yeah. That's that's how well I know this movie. On top of that, there even there are things that, that I even find kind of flawed to some extent too. There's also some things mm-hmm. that I find kind of interesting in in regards to Batman's lore that I'm sure we'll we should probably actually just get get on with it because yeah, because I I do have I have kind of a um, I don't want to say unique opinion on the film because I do I do think it's great. I think it's a fantastic movie, but there is a specific point in this film where. For me, the film starts to go from great to just good, mm. and it does. It doesn't ruin the movie for me, but I remember specifically it was at a certain point in the film where I just kind of went, eh, you know, it could have been over by now. So, I'm, I'm, once we get to that point, is when I'll bring it up. But fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm watching a digital copy. My audio's on mute, and I'd certainly hope Craig's is too. Um, yep. We are watching the the only cut of this film, as far as I know, um, the two hour thirty two minute cut. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I'm gonna hit play after three, two, one, and we hit. Cause that, that's how we do it. We count down three, two, one, and then on one we press play. So yeah. Um, uh, so Phil's watching a digital copy. I thought I had my digital code for my copy, but I don't. So I am watching mine on Amazon Video on my computer. Now I wonder if because you're watching it on Amazon, if you'll get the Amazon Prime thing before you cuts to black and gets to the WB logo. Uh, I did check before I hit uh, before we got on here. Uh, it just goes straight into the movie. Okay, cool. So if if your timestamp shows the same timestamp mine does, it should be two minutes, two hours, thirty two minutes, ten seconds. Uh, mine's eight seconds, but oh, I mean, yeah. okay, one of no the big, same. No big deal. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, folks, we are going to hit three, two, one, and then on one we press play, and then we will be off to the races watching Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Craig, is there anything else I should say or you should say before we go? Ah, here we go. All right. Three, two, one, play. Now... This film has a very interesting hue and color palette in that it's mm. it's it's black and blue. Black a, and blue all over the place in this a, film. A very muted blue, by the way, too. Yes. Now, here's a fun thing. The old DC Comics logo. Oh, no, this is Legendary. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Legendary. The Legendary, legendary logo. Yeah. Back when Legendary used to work with Warner Brothers. Well, I think Legendary is Nolan's company, is it? No, 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 no. That's Sin Copy. I'm thinking of Sin Copy. That's Nolan's company. Now, here's the DC logo. The old DC logo. Yep. I like this logo better, honestly. I kind of missed the this this one, yeah, with the star, the, the modernized yep. look. This was great. Now black it, and blue again. Black and blue, smoke and flame turning into the bat logo of this franchise. Obviously, yeah. Okay, I can hear the Zimmer score just swelling up right now. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, the scope. Look at these shots. Mm-hmm. And you can even see the window that they're about to punch out too. Yep. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say I, I remember Jonathan Nolan talking about lifting this whole heist from, I want to say, either Detective Comics or Batman number one. He was looking, he was flipping through those pages and kind of adapting it from a modern perspective. And look, here we get, obviously we know this is Heath Ledger, but we don't yeah. know that yet. But this is fun. Oh, are my captions not on? No, they're on. Okay, so we're not getting any dialogue yet. I was like, I thought they were talking. Yeah, no, the, no, this is all. I don't think they start talking until they get to the safe. If I, oh nope, there we go. Three there of a kind. 
That's it. Three guys, two guys on the roof. Every guy gets a share. Six shares. Don't forget about the guy who planned the job. Thinks he can <laughs> take a slice. <laughs> I know why they call him the Joker. So why do they call him the Joker? Yeah, I like this. I think this is really good how they're talking about the Joker before we're even introduced to him. I agree. I kind of like this. Hey, I've heard this about him. I've heard this about him. Kind of building up that anticipation mm -hmm. to a reveal. Mm -hmm. There's William Fitchner. Uh, yep. Anyone who's he's he's one of those that guy actors. He's been in a couple yep. different things like The Blacklist and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A uh, couple different things. He's, he's in one of my uh, absolute favorite sci-fi movies that happens to star um, Christian Bale. Equilibrium. Equilibrium. That's right. Yeah. That is one of my, that's probably so, my top 10 favorite films. So here's an interesting plot point is once every man is finished doing their part of the job, mm -hmm. the guy who's with them is supposed to kill them. Yep. I like that because you already know that's a, that's a machination of the Joker. Yep. And that honestly even just goes to show how different of a villain that he is. And we'll get, we'll get to that the closer to the, the climax of the sequence happens. Yep. Because hot damn, this is just. This is tense. This is yeah. not like imagine just sticking a grenade in someone's hand and pulling the pin and being like, "Hold it! You better hold it. You're gonna get blown to shit." I think this whole sequence just kind of sets it up, like right away. You know, oh, this is gonna be very different than Batman Begins. You can even just see that this intro is inspired by the movie Heat, straight up. Yes, this is much more. This is where you start to see that this is going to be a crime drama. Yep. Like this is this is going to be a crime drama with a guy who happens to dress up as a bat. I really do like Fitchner's turn here. He just Me gets too. he just gets up out of his chair, pulls out a shotgun and goes, "You have any idea who you're stealing from? You and your yeah. friends are dead." And it's like that's 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 mob talk because this is a mob bank. I like that where he's like, "Hey, do you think he's out of bullets?" I like that side turn he gives after he shoots yep. him. That's just brilliant. Where did you learn to count? <laughs> He's, uh, I never noticed that. He's using shoes to, to mm -hmm. touch the safe. <laughs> that he is. That he is. Funny, he told me <laughs> something similar. Blam. Yep. Okay, so he comes out with all... Well, no, him and... Is it... I forget, does the all Joker come in and help him? Yeah, right. All that. All no, I, I think I think he just uh, loads it up. Right. And then. I'm betting the Joker told you to kill me as soon as we were done loading the cash. And then he goes, no, 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 no. I killed the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> just that, his movements. Right? He just knows. He planned it out. Yep. Which is funny because, you know, later on in the film, that quote, do I look like a guy that has a plan? Right. Now I love this part. What happened to the rest yeah, of the guys? just non nonchalantly. <laughs> Blat. <laughs> okay. So this right here. This part right here. You think you're smart, huh? The guys that hired you, they'll just do the same to you. Criminals in this yeah. town used to believe in things. Honor. About respect. respect. Right. And the, the fact that the Joker just offed his entire squad lets you know yep. what kind of villain he is. He's not the mob. He's not Maroney. He's not any of these guys. He's a different animal. 
that intro oh my god uh, that 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 chuckle that that smile yeah. is so frightening oh my god and he just leaves it in his mouth <laughs> oh man oh my you know what i just i just realized this is his like getaway vehicle just a school bus because he gets away here in a school bus and later on oh, in the, the film, right. with the ambulance explosion. I was just thinking the same thing. I was just thinking the same thing. Did he use the bus to get out of the ambulance explosion, too? He sure it, did. It very yeah, well I might be. That. I don't know. Yeah, I think he does. Now I think here, he gets now, in the back okay, of the school bus. Okay, now here's, the, here's something that kind of always bothered me since I've watched this movie. Is you seriously just drove by a school of buses and yeah. didn't watch <laughs> one of them pull out of the bank? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to think to turn around and follow the bus? I digress. Covered in, covered, covered in debris, too. Right, exactly. I like this, how they show... This kind of makes me think of uh, the Batman with right. the signal in the sky and everybody gets antsy. Oh, 100%. I think I think that's exactly what Matt Reeves was intentionally homaging with that. He was intentionally homaging this scene in this movie. Now, there is a fundamental difference in how each Batman reacts to that signal. Yeah. Matter of fact, here's a line of dialogue that kind of cements it here. Obviously, Gordon talking to Ramirez about her mother being back in the hospital, but he often doesn't show up. Now, that's 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 a bit of a departure because not more often than not, anytime Batman sees that signal, he is immediately going to Gordon. Yeah, he knows that they have to talk about something. But I do like Gordon's explanation here. He goes, he keeps the signal lit to keep the bad guys scared. I like yeah. that. I appreciate that. Because it does kind of fall in line with this version of Batman. He's kind of a kind of a figure. He's like a mystery. He's like his he's a spook, right? Like, does he really exist? You won't find out until you actually see him. Well, and even like the you notice the signal. It's much more. It's blurrier. It's, it's faded. Not, yeah. uh, not like solid like all the other signals have been. Right. Very true. Oh, here's a fan. I just really don't like that scarecrow design. I like the mask. But the suit I could do without. Yeah. Now, had they just given him a full-on straw hat and, like, Scarecrow get-up, I don't think that would have been very practical either. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those characters, like, how do you... How do you nail it in this world that is very much set in a more realistic tone? Exactly. Where now you I have a character called the Scarecrow. Now, I do <laughs> like this because it is kind of a nod to the 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 sons of batman kind of but not really because you know obviously this version of batman wanted to inspire people but obviously these 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 <laughs> these clones are using firearms and they're hockey pads and they're just not adept in the way that that bruce wayne is so yep oh, i love this so much loiter intimidate i love this i just love this I both, man, I'm so torn on this Batmobile. I like it, but at the same time, I just kind of, it's just a little too tankish for me. I like that it, the Bat Pod comes out of it. I like that aspect of yes, it. Yes, that part. I love that. I love that. Oh, I love this too, where, where he yeah. just breaks the gun. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Now, right here, just here, this one sequence showed me one thing that I just couldn't stand in Batman Begins. He pulls the camera back so we can actually see the action going on. Yeah, I noticed that too. This action bit here, 
And it's funny because people like to give Nolan a lot of flack in terms of like he can't do action. I would actually kind of push back on that. It depends on what action you're talking about. If if you're talking about hand-to-hand combative action, yeah, the the criticism's fair. This kind of action where Batman is trying to stop a robbery or stop a drug bust, this is awesome. And to your point, when he pulls back the camera and actually you see Batman just clown those thugs, that was good. That was a good showcase. But I love this, where he just drops down on Scarecrow's van. Oh, man, this is such a Batman moment right here. Yeah. Boom. Oh, I love it. Don't let me find you out here again. And the voice. I don't need help. Not by my diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wearing hockey pads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love it when Batman does dry humor. I love Batman when he's at his driest, and there is some of the driest humor in this, and also Batman versus Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or even in the Batman. Uh, one of my absolute favorite lines in the Batman. Thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another Batman moment. Just coming in out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just to surprise Gordon. <laughs> love it. Now, I gotta say, too, I I like this suit the best out of the nolan suits uh i remember specifically in the dark knight rises i don't like the way they designed the cow in the dark knight rises i like this cow much better i actually kind of prefer the cowl they have in this film but i wish they would have used this suit yes yep because you can tell that bale is having the same issue keaton had with this suit he can't turn his turning, head he can't turn his head, head. yep and while I understand the criticism of the cow looking goofy, it still helped him turn his head. Yeah, it did. Now, this is great. Alfred walks in the penthouse, doesn't see <laughs> Bruce, and he's just like, all right, I already know exactly where he's at. Yep. Now, this is kind of a departure, too, because we don't get the Batcave. We don't get Wayne Manor, because obviously it's still being rebuilt after being burned down by Ra's al Ghul. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's got like this this makeshift bat bunker underneath a shipyard, <laughs> yeah, I like that because it's 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 Batman. Like Batman has little bat caves hidden all around Gotham City, and I think this is actually really cool. At first, I wasn't a fan of it, but thinking after reading so many Batman comics and thinking about it now, yeah, it would make sense for Batman to have multiple places of operation underneath Gotham City. That way, he can be in multiple places at once. Well, and you can tell too. Like, look at how few things are here yeah. this is something that he's been gradually having to start from scratch essentially right it, it very much kind of again similarity to the batman you know pattinson's cave is kind of the same way there's just a few things here and there i would say that pattinson is a lot more cluttered he's a lot more disorganized whereas yes. Bale, bale's yeah. batman is 100 percent organized we're seeing this yeah. is this is batman reaching his prime if not at his prime because we've seen this this movie takes place six months to a year after batman begins yep so we're seeing a batman who's physically in his prime and i think honestly christian bale has like the perfect physique for batman he's six foot two two ten yep like him him and ben affleck had like the the epitome perfect build for bruce wayne and batman and I do love his line here where he te- he says who Rachel spends her time with is her business. Because that means he's staying focused on, you know, being Batman. But we'll get into my criticism with where this leads yeah. to by the end of the film. 
But I, I do love that. Bat- I love that Batman has, has no, no limits. limits. Yep, love that too. You know, between you and me, well, you know, for the listeners too, I grew up getting told constantly, "Alfred's not Cockney. Alfred's not Cockney. So he's not Southern." And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. Michael Michael Caine is a pheno- phenomenal actor. Michael Caine gives off so many different Alfred vibes in all three movies that I just don't care if his accent's Cockney or not. Now, as much as people criticized uh, in Batman Begins, uh, Katie Holmes, Rachel, I am just, I am not I, a fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal. You know what? Rachel. Right there with you. Don't get me wrong. Maggie Gyllenhaal does a solid performance here, but I much prefer Katie Holmes. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I've seen Maggie Gyllenhaal and other things. She's really good. I just feel like in this film, there, I don't know. She's just very, like, that look. See that look she's got right there? Yeah. She's got it through the whole film. She's just, she comes across almost as bored. Uh, a little bit, right? But Aaron Eckhart, he does a hell oh, of a job. Oh, stand out. Out. Probably one of the best performances in this film. Absolutely outstanding as Harvey Dent. outstanding as Harvey Dent, dude. I honestly wish we could have gotten an entire film with his Two-Face. I kind of echo that same sentiment. (laughs) I hate hate this scene. I I hate this scene. You know what? (laughs) I I also do like that Eric Roberts put... Eric Roberts does a solid job as, as Salvatore Moroni, too. Yeah. So you hate this scene? I hate that. I hate when the dude pulls the gun and he pushes and but your honor, I'm not done. I don't know. There that just came across really goofy to me. That's fair. Like we've we've had all these like really great moments so far. I just I don't know. That that scene just to me is a little silly. I not, I I think I appreciate it in that it's kind of a fake out because I'm sure a lot of people were expecting acid on the face. Yeah. Because famously true. Famously, in 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 can in comics canon, Harvey Dent is scarred by Salvatore Moroni in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is interesting, where we get the first interaction between Dent and Gordon, Lieutenant yep. Gordon, still because mind you, uh, Gordon isn't quite commissioner until later on in the movie, but here yep. he's still lieutenant, and I do like that that Gordon even plays hardball with Dent because he's like, look, dude, I'm not an idealist. I only I, I can only do with what I have. Yep. Something to that effect. I don't know. We're we're gonna get that conversation here in a few, but I do like this this conversation between them. Where this this film does a great job with dealing with the dynamics of the characters. You know, you've got the three ways of approaching the problems in the city. You've got Gordon's opinion, you've got Dent's outlook, and you have Bruce slash Batman's outlook. Agreed. Three very different viewpoints, but as this film is gonna progress, they have to work together to get their goals accomplished. Mm-hmm. So Dent's right. He's absolutely right in the fact that him and ba- that Gordon and Batman are trying to hit them where it hurts the most, the wallets. Yep. But, but Gordon will not let him know that explicitly, but he will give him the names of the banks. Which I do think is very... I, I think it's very interesting how all three of these characters have to play it very, very safely in order to work with each other. That way no one gets hurt, even though their actions are going to get the people closest to them hurt. Yep. I can give you the names of the banks. 
I'll get and, your warrants. Just, you, so, okay, you, so th th this right here, you don't have to sell me on your trust. You're Gotham's white knight. Well, I heard yep. they have a different name for me down at MCU. Yep. And that right there, immediately when I heard that way back when, I was like, Two-Face. Yeah. Uh, yep. right, you way, knew, way, you already knew. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, hey, look. It's Shang Tsung. Yep. I actually kind of like that Mortal Kombat movie, FYI. And I thought he did a sol solid job of Shang Tsung. <laughs> okay, so him, Reese, did yep. you think, after watching this movie, that he might be the Riddler? I've, I've thought about that since the very first time I saw this movie. Because as we progress through this film, he's got a very interesting part to play, too. Because you think about it, as he does his like perusing in this film, and after what he goes through, maybe his obsession becomes, I need to out this guy. Yep. I I thought that too. Okay. I thought he was a perfect opportunity to introduce a Riddler. We'll circle back to that because I absolutely adore the chemistry that Christian Bale and Mor Morgan Freeman have. Yeah. Like, if there was ever an on-screen perfect adaptation of Bruce and Lucius, it's this. Yep. Morgan Freeman is the, he is the definition of Lucius. Like, <laughs> I genuinely hope whoever gets cast next as Lucius, be it for Matt Reeves' universe or be it James Gunn's DCU, look at what Freeman did and then don't necessarily try and emulate it, but take what his, like, look at his performance and just be like, I want to do something like that. Yeah. Honestly, I also, I thought for a long time that, that, uh, play silas stone um joe morton i thought he'd make a pretty solid uh lucius fox at some point too oh that'd be good yeah okay i love this bit because bruce just totally interrupts their dinner and says hey let's put some tables together i can totally do it because i own the place <laughs> you know who i honestly would have liked uh as a future lucius sadly though he's not with us anymore uh lance reddick that would have been a solid one too yeah I feel I thought he would make an amazing Lucius Fox. As soon as you said the words "not here anymore," I immediately thought of Lance Reddick. So that that yep. just goes to show, yeah. Very sad. Okay, I like I like this part because like Bruce is telling him you should know your jurisdiction. Dense like is Wayne Lanner Wayne Manor even in city limits? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Now here's something I, interesting. I is, like this how he's sticking up for Batman, right? When he, of all people, should be the one to, like, arrest, yep. arrest Batman. So what does that say? It just it just further shows you that Harvey Dent, the number one priority is he does not want crime in his city. Yep. And he doesn't care if a vigilante is going out and exacting justice. He wants crime out. And now here we get, the, like, the iconic line. Okay, fine. You yep. either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And this movie just, it doesn't necessarily hold your hand or spoon feed it to you, but it does a very solid job of letting you know, Harvey Dent's going to become Two-Face by the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yep, It's subtle enough, and it's not so much in your face, but it works. It's so what, good. What I like, too, is that for people like us that know the Batman lore, we get giddy because we know what's coming and exactly. we want to see it happen exactly. for someone who just watches Batman movies. Maybe they don't read the comics. They don't watch the shows. They have no idea about the characters. They only experience it in the films. Mm -hmm. This gives them a chance after 
what happens to Harvey happens, they go, wow, look at that. It was setting us up for it. Mm -hmm. Here we go. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole Oh, th this is without a doubt one of the best sequences in the movie. No yep. question. There's absolutely no doubt about it. This is hands down one of the best sequences in the entire film. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is 15 years ago. CRTVs are still a thing. That's right. And everyone still has flip phones. <laughs> everyone still has flip phones, too. Yeah. You know, this day and age, kids, I know this would probably be on, you know, okay. just, uh, so here's just a, here, streaming. <laughs> okay, so here's a fun cameo. Michael Jai White, formerly Spawn, plays Gamble in mm -hmm. this. Love that. Yep. Yep. Love Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White is phenomenal. I kind of wish he would have stuck around for this for, for the third one, but I, I get it. Yeah. They, they needed one of the mob goons to die. Now, Detective Stevens there, a lot of people kind of put him in the the character-esque. He, people, people say they remind him of Bullock, and I'm like, eh. Bullock, yeah. I can kind of see it, but eh. Not really. I don't see. If he was a little more, like, abrasive, then I could see him as Bullock. 100%. Now, there's a fun character that should be in live action that a live yes. action movie not gotham don't get me wrong i like donald lowe in gotham but I, I think that harvey harvey bullock would be a fun character to do in a, in a live action batman film i could see him uh hopefully maybe we get him in a brave and bold <laughs> poor gordon oh, yeah, he's so mad because <laughs> so he knew here we go ah here yes we go. Ha, 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 ha. oh oh oh, oh. I, I thought, thought my, my jokes, jokes were, were bad, bad. <laughs> i love it that purple coat, man. How about I a map? Love that purple coat. Here's oh, here the we go. The magic trick. Oh, I love this. Not because someone dies, but just because the, 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 this again. Yeah. This just shows you yeah. how unhinged, how wicked, <laughs> and how dastardly this version of the Joker is. And like you said, same thing in my theater. When that scene happened, everybody went nuts. I want to hear what the clown has to say. You want to know, you bought the suit. Oh my god. He just walks in here and acts like he already owns them. I love yep. this. Matter of fact, one part that he's about to speak is in the intro of our show. Yep. I like this. Where he says, freak, you can tell the Joker's pissed. You could tell it bothers he's, him, yes. He's angry, but he knows he has to keep it together for just this. I know you choose to have your little group therapy sessions in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. <laughs> See, the Batman has shown Gotham your true colors, unfortunately. His line delivery to them his whole persona is just i like this i like this i oh, can tell the squealers. squealers and he just points at the tv and says yeah mm. i like how we'll he even squeal i like how he even says yeah the united nations whoever doesn't have jurisdiction batman has no jurisdiction mm -hmm. he will find you and he will make you squeal it's simple we kill the batman <laughs> now i remember this line if you're good at something never, never do, do it, it for, for free, free. Yep. love that line and then this. How much you want? Half. <laughs> See, he's still, like, right there. You're crazy. Look at that expression in his face. He is not liking Gamble. Oh, no. He does not like being called crazy at all. 
I like this. <laughs> I won't be able to get a nickel for his grandma. <laughs> Enough from the clown. <laughs> I love that line. Okay, this is great. Now, we wouldn't yeah. want to blow this out of proportion. <laughs> this right here. You think you just steal from us, Walkway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy in this film. There, I, I think one thing that people forget in this film, for as great of a drama as it is for the action sequences... I think a lot of people forget how many funny moments are in this film, and a lot of it comes from the Joker. Not only that, it's it's dark humor. Yes, and it's, it is. It's dark humor done tastefully. Like, yep. only the Joker can walk into a mob meeting with an overcoat yep. filled with grenades and have the balls to be like, yeah, I can walk in here and show you what's what and tell you you're going to give me half your money. Otherwise, I have no problem blowing you all to hell, yeah. including myself. And who knows? He could have even been playing them. None of those bombs, none of those grenades could have even been, you know. Yeah, they could have been. They could have been toys. Yes, you never know. A hundred percent. And that's the thing about the Joker. You never know. He's unpredictable. Yep. If you were to tell me which one of the Jokers was most unpredictable, I'd say Heath Ledger without a without question. This scene kind of makes me giggle because look at how they're the cameras swooping around while they're arguing and batman's just standing there. This honestly kind of reminds <laughs> me of the the circle sequence in Zack Snyder's Justice League. It does. Where they're it's over just, the mother box. I just can't help but laugh as Batman. He's just standing there staring. And that's the thing. When Batman starts to talk, that's when the camera stops. Exactly. <laughs> I knew the risk when I took this job, Lieutenant. And then he gets back. And gone. Yep. I love that. He does that. He does that. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that secretary's like had her had her back turned so there's no way they'd be, she'd be able to see them yeah right go into this secret elevator <laughs> secretary's like um guys i'm still in the room oh maybe she knew about the elevator who knows and yeah, maybe he tosses her a couple extra you know thousands to keep quiet oh probably now that's more like it mr wayne I love his bow ties. I know, me too. His, his attire, like Morgan Freeman's attire as Lucius Fox is just perfection in this film, I swear. And the, if you think about it, they did kind of carry that over. Because if I remember right, the Lucius Fox in the um, Batman Telltale series, I think he has bow ties as well. I do believe you're correct, sir. Ah, yes. <laughs> Those will come in handy Fore later. Foreshadowing. Make you more vulnerable to knives and gunfire. Now, we wouldn't want to make things too easy, now would we? Should do fine against know. cats. Cat, cat, I don't know. Cat scratches can be very vicious. I know as a owner of a new kitten. Okay, I remember back then, people took it to the bank. Oh, that's a Catwoman reference. Oh, please. I'm like, all right. Oh, Okay performance canceled. i love this, this... He, bought, he bought out <laughs> he and then, bought it out and rachel of course is just like of course she of knows course, of course yeah. he did right <laughs> and again this <laughs> this part's actually pretty funny too yeah <laughs> where alfred <laughs> alfred's complaining about applying suntan lotion <laughs> to this beautiful russian ballet performers I love how she looks at Alfred's holding the lotion like, um, 
I need help. <laughs> and he's still, he's just like, all right, turn yeah. around, just do it. <laughs> he's like, ah, you know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Here we go. Ooh. Okay. I think it's safe to say that anytime you see Heath Ledger on the Joker in this film, sorry, Heath Ledger as the Joker in this film, anytime he's in a scene and it's like this, or it's like with the mob, or it's like the intro, it goes from zero to a hundred in a very yeah. brisk pace, and it's not a beat missed. With... Every single scene is intense. Right. How about alive? Hmm? You want to know how I got these scars? Now, this right here, this is brilliant because this is the yep. first story that we get of how he potentially got his smile. The multiple choice origin is so yep. it's such a great callback to his to his roots as the comics because there is no one definitive way the Joker became the Joker. And I like that yep. this film plays on that idea. We've had stories that have attempted to tell us what the story of the Joker is, but nothing oh, sure. has ever been concrete. Oh, sure. The only thing you could make certain about is that anything before, if you go with the acid, falling in the acid origin, anything before him putting on the red hood is up to interpretation. Yep. Now, if you want to give him the, the cut smile, that, again, entirely up to interpretation, because that's been done a couple oh, different man. ways. Right here. Why so serious? The subtlety of it. Why so serious? Yeah. And the, the look on his face. That's another thing. You you yeah. don't even have to show the violence. You yep. like you don't actually have to show it to understand or feel it when you see yep. someone's reaction to it. I think Nolan did that really, really well. Especially with this that. right this right here, where he says we have an opening. Only one spot open. So we're gonna have tryouts. <laughs> I also love how unkempt his hair is and how he keeps it unkempt and he just yep. walks he walks back through Gamble's place like he owns it because that's just it his this whole movie is him climbing the ladder of becoming the next big villain of Gotham City yep and uh, like you were saying too they don't need to show us the violence we get the sense of it just from the sounds the the audio the, and the emotions of the from, music yeah. yeah oh 100 the facial reactions now did you see the canon logo in, in yeah your, yeah product placement yeah of Ab course. absolute product <laughs> placement just like in sears and man of steel product placement yep so you can probably imagine canon had a pretty hefty investment in this movie too the company obviously not well yeah <laughs> okay Here's another thing I also really love about Christopher Nolan's filmmaking is when he does intimate shots like this, he keeps the camera very, very steady and he keeps it focused. Yeah. I really love yep. that. Not a lot of people can do that and do it well, but I think Nolan does it really well. Like these slow zoom-ins on their face, even though they're not complete zoom-ins, it just showcases the... Oh, what's the right word I want to use here? The 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 integrity of what he's trying to convey, because this is a very poignant conversation that these two are having. Because obviously it's it's a bit of a poker face type of deal. Like they're both obviously not trying to bullshit each other, even though they know full well they're about to bullshit each other. Yeah. <laughs> guard's like, uh, okay. And that's the thing. That guard's just like, <laughs> oh, he already had it. Oh, okay. 
Now, here's something funny about his glasses. I think they are... Oh, I thought... Uh, wow, okay. I remember them being, like, triangular, but maybe I'm I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I, I, I could have swore he was wearing a different set of glasses. Oh, well. A sonar. Submarine. <laughs> it's in place. Good luck. Love that. Love that. Oh, and this is also his first use of the new suit, too. Yep. Okay. This is a crazy scene. This was this was impressive to see this, on the big screen. Yes, because this is Batman in Hong Kong. This is Batman on top of a building. This is Batman planning an abduction. And this <laughs> yeah. is this is Batman flying through the air with his cape. This is yep. awesome. And I actually do like this little, like, this is almost like the explosive gel and the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the shock thing rolled into yeah, one. Yeah, from, from, uh, Arkham City. Arkham City. Yep. Yeah. 100%. You knew where I was going with it. Yep. <laughs> I love how this one device just completely blacks out everything in this whole building. I love that. And I love how Batman comes into this entrance. Or I love how Batman shows himself in, so to speak. Yep. And it's hard to believe we're only like a half hour into this movie right now, too. Brisk yeah, there's already so much going on in just the first half hour. Brisk pacing this film has. That. Such brisk pacing this whole film has. Where the hell are the cops? They're coming. What the hell am I paying them for? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's, yeah. probably, he's probably one of the most important men in Hong Kong. He's like, what the hell am I paying them for if they're not here yet? Could you imagine is you're like a pedestrian looking out the window and you just see a giant bat flying across the air? Yep. See, just here. He pulled the camera back. We can see the action okay. finally. Not only that, this is a action piece set entirely in the dark and we can still see it because yep. of the few lights that are lit yep that to me kind of evokes batman fighting in the shadows and i actually really like that and i didn't even yep, think about that until watching it right here oh wow you have no idea how screwed you are buddy and it's it's also funny because the joker was right batman has no jurisdiction he came for him backhand of that guy he's just carrying him by the foot yep <laughs> letting him drag through glass not even an f to give hell yeah batman oh now he picks him up okay now this whole skyhook thing i was just blown away by how this worked boom yeah that's rad <laughs> that's so rad Yeah, these guys are like, where are they going to go? Right. They got nowhere to go. Yet. <laughs> oh, wait. Peace, fellas. Goodbye. <laughs> I bet you anything, that guy's like, well, shit, now who's going to pay me? I mean, I'm sure he just shit himself. 
Probably. More than likely. And then it just takes off. Yep. Love that. Oh, I love this, too. <laughs> and it drops them at their doorstep. <laughs> Please deliver to <laughs> Lieutenant Gordon. <laughs> Money is the only reason I'm still alive. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm just assuming your client's cooperation with this investigation. Now, I do like that Maggie Gyllenhaal is very much able to invoke the prosecutor, the lawyer, the the character of Rachel Dawes in, in a way that, again, I think Katie Holmes would have absolutely delivered in this, but I do think that Maggie Gyllenhaal does it just as well. Yeah. Did they ever say why they recast her? Um, there were rumors that I, I want. I think at the time she was married to Tom Cruise, and there were rumors that he might not have wanted her to be in a Batman film. I I have no idea. I don't recall. Uh, I th I want to say the official word from trades was that she took up Moneyball opposed to this, and there was a schedule conflict. Ah, uh, okay. But from what I recall, I think that's the official traded verbatim that they they threw out the reasoning why she got recast. But again, I, I don't know the, the the fine details of it. I don't recall. After you testify in open court. <laughs> like I said, I'm very good with calculation. We can't go. He can't go to county. We'll keep him here in the holding cells. What is this, Gordon? Your fortress? I love I love their banter. Because yeah. they, they're obviously of the same side, but it's like they operate in two different kind of spheres on law enforcement, right? But I love it. I just love that they're both just like, they both have different ideas of what should happen with Lau. And Gordon's like, no, he's he's staying with me. Like, this was Batman's gig and Batman's my friend, so he's staying with me. <laughs> oh, look. Great timing. I love how he just walks in on him. <laughs> Boy looks good on the tube. <laughs> sure won't embarrass me in front of your friends. Oh, don't worry. They're coming too. Love the Rico case. I love the Rico case aspect of all of this because now you... All the police come yep, in. Yep. All of them. I like that he still tried to eat his food and they still just <laughs> yeah. pick him up. That's so how much he doesn't care about the cops. You got to love these mob bosses in Gotham City. They just do not care. 849 counts of racketeering. 87 counts of conspiracy murder. 527 uh, right. counts of obstruction of justice. <laughs> Notice how half the court's standing up and half the court's yeah. sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's like, ah, I hate this. I got nothing. <laughs> how did you convince Cirillo to hear this? She admires my enthusiasm for justice. Oh, man. Now, the mayor doesn't die until the next movie. I thought for sure he was going to bite it in this movie. Yeah, you would have thought out of all the people the Joker would go after, he would go after the mayor. And he does, to his credit. He just doesn't actually yeah. get him. Now, Commissioner Loeb, I kind of saw him biting the biting the dust in this one because I think they, yeah. they I think they gave away Gordon becoming commissioner. Uh, commissioner in one of the TV spots or one of the one of the trailers. Like I think oh, they really? give I think they might have given that away accidentally, but I don't I don't really recall. I like this. He he tells he tells Dent like 
you're you're it's open season on you now you are Mm -hmm. public enemy number one in gotham city he just does not care nope (laughs) oh this is great this made my the theater i was in jump people screamed yeah same Ooh, that is just haunting you know there are certain elements of this movie you could argue that are almost horror inspired oh yeah definitely more so than either of the other two I think this one is probably has the most spookiest elements to it Batman please stand up (laughs) now you have to wonder did Batman throw this fundraiser as a trap to lure the Joker in I think so. I would one. I wonder. I wonder. I do wonder if he might have done that, or if he was doing it just for this scene. Put, putting gave it in me chills. Okay. The so fun fact about this: the camera work done there, that home video style under that 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 they sh- they're showing right there. All of that was directed by Heath Ledger. What's happening right now? All this is directed by Heath Ledger. Not necessarily Batman and, and or uh, Alfred and, and Bruce standing there. But everything that you see on the screen, that's all done by Heath Ledger. I like this. Oh, shush, 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 shush. So you think? Batman... I think if I, I, I think I recall reading that apparently Alfred was supposed to, that right there. Look at me. Yeah. That that gave me goosebumps in the theater. I got chills when he said that. Yeah, Christopher Nolan told Heath, "Take the camera, do whatever you want." That's what this is, and it's. So, again, it feeds into what I was getting at earlier. Everything you see with Heath Ledger in this movie goes from zero to a hundred at the yeah. at a brisk pace, but it's terrifying. Oh, that goes over and kills the guy. That laugh, dude, is just so... Yeah. Ooh, I love his laugh. But I, I recall hearing something that in that scene, Alfred was supposed to have some lines, but Michael Caine was so scared of what he was watching that he forgot his lines. No, it's this, it's the scene coming up. It's this, this scene coming up. Oh, okay. It's, it's when he actually sees the Joker. Okay. When he sees Heath Ledger for the first time, when he saw Heath Ledger for the first time as Joker on set of the film was the filming of this sequence. And he had lines. Michael Caine completely forgot them because he was just absolutely mortified at Heath Ledger. He couldn't recognize him. He was just that was wow. the fir- that was the first time he saw him on set. Wow. I like how Bruce Wayne makes an entrance from a helicopter. Comes in a helicopter. And I also do like like Harvey Dent asking Alfred, any crazy ex boyfriends I should be aware of? And Alfred <laughs> goes, Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Comes in with a bunch of models. Of course. Typical Bruce Wayne fashion. He's gotta put on the charade. Gotta have that billionaire playboy. Harvey Dent. I think out of all of them, Christian Bale absolutely nails the billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. I don't think there's a, a point of contention there for anybody. If you're yeah. talking specifically this movie and even Batman Begins, 100%. Um, the third film, that's a little debatable. Yeah. But definitely, definitely. I think, I think Bale absolutely nails the playboy persona probably the best yeah. of any of them so far. He nails the, like, the suave part of it. He, you know, he, like we just saw, he showed up in a helicopter with models hanging around him. But he also, look at how he's had delivering this speech. He does have a sense of well, that's, that's, respect. But that's just it. Like, he's, 
he's an actor putting on an act because Bruce Wayne is mm-hmm. putting on an act for these people. And, and that is something that I think is very difficult to do when you're an actor having to doubly act. You know, well, in, look in, at that, in a sense. You notice that subtle quick moment there when he walked out, he just tossed the champagne out. Yep. He did. He literally grabbed it for a toast. He doesn't want to drink it though. And he's trying to convince himself that Harvey Dent may be the reason that he can stop being Batman. And I think it's very humbling by the end of this movie that he realizes that no matter what happens, Batman is the symbol of this city, regardless of public perception. No matter what, people are going to look at Batman and think he's a symbol of justice and hope. Because that's all Gotham has. Especially by the end of this movie. It's one of the only... Man, I really wish Ramirez had a bigger part in this film i really like this actress's portrayal of ramirez i do remember seeing a lot of people wishing that she was named montoya and i'm just like no this is another universe this is fine yeah and her part in this movie is actually pretty crucial because there's a point in the film where her where she will become very important yep and that's the thing i think it's it's pretty important to keep in mind about all of these films is that realistically they should all be treated like elseworld stories they really should yep now this again to your point like do i look like a guy with a plan no you don't but you do have one anyway you all he always has one he's That's the thing mm-hmm. every time now i also really like how inner cut this is because you have the three people that the Joker's going after. You have T- Commissioner Loeb, Judge Cirillo, yep. and Harvey Dent. And the way that the editing is intertwined between these three conversations and these three people and these three individuals, I think is actually pretty brilliant because you get two different ways. The Joker is never ever, ever one way about anything. He meticulously yep. planned for Commissioner Loeb to take a sip from his drink and he can deliberately Planted explosive in Judge Cirillo's car, and he explicitly this is nuts, dude. This all of this is about this right here. Yeah. Just again, what I said earlier, elements of a horror movie. Because you know, like, look at the, how this is shot. You know, it's building up to something. Absolutely, you're waiting for something to happen. Absolutely, and it it it, it starts off. I want to say with with Loeb taking the drink and then sh- suffocating. Yeah. And then it yep. shows Cirillo getting blown to hell. How did they get my DNA? A tissue or a glass. Wait! Uh. Oh, poor Harvey. Just tell me it isn't Wayne. I love how he just comes up and just grabs Dent. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and Rachel's like, what are you doing? Oh, this is up. Boom. Now, there's a question. Were those two cops on Baroni's payroll that delivered their message to, to Cirillo? Uh, that's that's a question. Yeah, I always thought that they were just uh, okay. two of the guys okay. the Joker had. Here's Kane's reaction to the to Heath. He's just more wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never noticed that. Yeah. Now, here's what I love about he's turned here. He just bites a flower. Then he grabs a he grabs a glass of champagne and, like, it flicks out. He doesn't he doesn't even care how doesn't much really of it's like missing. 
Yeah, he doesn't really take like a drink. It just kind of splatters. Yep. <laughs> he just kills off whatever's <laughs> left of it. <clears throat> Hands up, pretty boy. Just nonchalantly takes the dude out and then disassembles the gun. No big deal. <laughs> Bruce Wayne doing Bruce Wayne stuff. We're not intimidated yep. by thugs. I forget. <laughs> I like how <laughs> Bruce is like, ah, oh, boy. Oh, you have a panic room? <laughs> okay. I want to say that the gentleman that the Joker is intimidating is someone of importance or closeness to, to Nolan, I think. I don't recall, but I think there's some significance to this gentleman being intimidated by the Joker right there. I think he's actually been in a few of the different Batman movies as a different senator. Oh. It's him or another actor. I don't remember. But there's one actor who's been in a few different Batman movies as, as like a, a high-ranking political official or, or just a, another bystander. One interesting thing I've noticed about Ledger, the way he walks, as he always has this kind of like hunch to him. He's got you a bit of a always... hunch, but he's also got kind of a skip to him too. Yeah. Like a, like a man. like a frolic like every scene you just want to watch and just break down all the little ticks and mannerisms that he displays as the joker now here's story number two of how yep. he might have got his scars which i find i do i find it very interesting that in the two stories that he told one involves a wife one involves his father father yep and both elements are are part of various joker stories like there there have been instances where he's he's been abused by his father there are instances where he lost a wife it, it's it's very it, it it's accurate well and both of these stories are relationship based that, yes like, they are people people drove him crazy so now he wants to drive people to insanity exactly now i see the funny side now I'm always smiling. That's creepy. I love this. Okay, this is actually one of the few times Bale's growl works. Yep. Comes in, just starts owning him. Okay, I would actually say this fight sequence is good, but it is also, again, it is kind of a showcase of Nolan not being quite as good as he can be yep. with, with physical action because the camera yep. is constantly... Moving. A, there's too too much going on here he didn't it would have looked so much better again if he had just pulled the camera back a little bit and let us just watch it play out okay now we're getting somewhere a little more i i really do like this because this is the joker just yeah. being an absolute bastard right very poor choice of words exactly let her go very poor choice <laughs> of words and he does let her go like what, what yeah. did you think was gonna happen Yeah, I'm genuinely curious if he did this all just to lure the Joker over there. Yeah. I'm curious if that was his endgame or if he was simply just trying to do Harvey Dent a good favor. Kind of, maybe, probably both. No one, no one or Batman. Did he, did he maybe have an ink? Maybe he knew that Joker was going to try something on Dent. So he knew he had to have Dent near him to protect him. I think he had a, an idea. I think he had an, an instinct like, yeah, of course, if he's going to do what he's doing, he's, he could go after all these political officials. 
See, this is where I get the set. This is like how you were saying, you know, some people thought of this guy as kind of the bullock of the film. Yep. If he was talking to Gordon, you would have, again, would have been much more abrasive. Yeah. Because the thing with Bullock is he's a goober. Like he's, he's a, he's always wanting food. He's kind of a jerk, but he has immense amount of respect for Gordon. Okay. So here, this is Batman. Like at first, when he first saw the picture of the Joker, he, he blew it off. He was like one man or the entire yep. mob. He can wait. Now he's starting to understand just how drastically different the Joker is compared to the mob. Yep. I like this where Alfred pretty much tells him, um, maybe this guy doesn't have a plan. Right. Maybe maybe his goal is this, maybe he's not trying to like get this, money or anything like that. Right. This is Alfred telling the story of some people just wanting to watch the world burn. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. <laughs> the bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, so because he thought it was good sport. Because some men just want to, aren't looking for anything they're not, logical. They're not, they're not looking for logic. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And that's the Joker to a T in this film. I mean, that's the Joker. That's the definition of the Joker. That is tr very true. Very, very true. Now here, here's a nice zoom in shot on Batman on top of a cityscape. Yep. I like this. We need more of this in the Batman films. I agree completely. Need more Batman perched on top of buildings. <clears throat> Again, like you said, Batman Brave and the Bold better end with him and Damien on a on the side of a building on a gargoyle. It would certainly be nice. I would like it. I mean, that's how they were originally originally supposed to end the Batman Forever, so. Yep. <coughs> Instead, we just got them running away from the bat signal. I need 10 minutes with the scene before your men contaminate it. I like how he's just so nonchalant about that. He's like, yeah, I need to investigate this crime scene before you guys screw anything up. No. Fingerprints. See, there are times where the where the bail growl works. It's I think it's really only in the scenes where he is talking a little more extensively or when he's trying to come across as like when he's trying to act like i, I think know, intimidating that yeah just comes off as goofy right when he's trying to intimidate anybody or when he's trying very very hard to, to just evoke some kind of strong level emotion it yeah, yeah it, it does come off a little hokey when it, when he's quieter and a little more subtle it does work now I do like the way he recreated this. This is yeah, one hundred. This is one hundred percent Batman being Batman doing detective shit. Yep. Which honestly, we don't really get a lot of in any of the Nolan films. Like we get bits and pieces, but this is this film is the one where it's really a Batman detective story. A little bit, yeah. I would say that that Lucius Fox 
does a lot of the lift a lot of the heavy lifting in a lot of the trilogy as far as you know de- yeah true. So, some of the de- detective work um i do really like this exchange here where where fox tells reese your intent is to blackmail <laughs> yeah. this person good luck Because you really think, I think it's funny that Reese really thinks like, oh yeah, I can blackmail Bruce Wayne and get $10 million for the rest of my life. Are you (laughs) sure about that? $10 million for the rest of my life. A year for the rest of my life. Oh my God. I I love how Morgan Freeman is just absolutely expressionless during the whole thing. Like, yeah, Reese thought he was going to come in and like shock him and look at how the tables have turned. (laughs) And your plan, your plan is to blackmail, blackmail this, this person. Blackmail this person. <laughs> and he just—he's like, "Oh crap!" And he, got he me. and he chuckles and is just like, "Good luck." <laughs> what are you? Couldn't hold? even come up with anything. Nope. You, you, and see you keep that it. right there. That expression, how he, you can tell he's pissed. That's where I thought, okay, this guy is going to become the Riddler down the line. You could, there were seeds planted there. I don't know, unintentionally or intention or intentionally, for that kind of character to be something of a Riddler in this universe. I I feel like there is there is a missed opportunity there for for not using the Riddler in this universe because I honestly, truthfully think that the Riddler would have been a great addition to to Christopher Nolan's Batman world. Absolutely, Mister Wayne. Why did you reassign R and D? government telecommunications project i wasn't aware that we had any government contracts <laughs> even bruce wayne is just like yeah this is um this is a little pretty close that i'm keeping it so uh need to know need to know basis Look at those shots those that, the camera work in this film is amazing i agree anthony michael hall forgot he was in this i always forget he's in this movie and i literally just watched him in breakfast club like two weeks ago <laughs> got one melvin white which if i remember correctly i do believe that is an alias for the joker oh really i think so hmm. i don't know 100 percent off the top of my head but i want to say yes if i'm wrong someone tell me but i'm pretty sure melvin white is one of the many aliases used by the joker because he's gone by joe carr he's gone by jack napier he's gone by jack white he's gone by a few different names over the years and I, hmm. I want to say maybe Melvin White is one of them too, but I don't, again, I don't 100% know for sure. This is another scene, man. Again, just building the tent. You know something's coming. Oh, yeah. Like, you got Bruce racing on the motorcycle. You've got them going through the streets in this parade. Mm-hmm. It shows you shots of, like, police on their guard, keeping an eye out, you know, Gordon making sure that everyone is paying attention to what's going on. So you're just like, man, something something's going to happen here. Right. Well, even when when Bruce goes and comes into the apartment, he's come to the real. Uh, oh, yeah, this was really well done. You know, honestly, I even remember in the theater when this this by the end of this sequence, I was like, "Oh, are they really gonna? Yeah, are they it. are they gonna follow through with that?" But then I remembered, no, they can't because he's in the movie later. Yeah. Yep.
I love how he uses the Batman voice here. Of course. Because <laughs> he knows they're all blindfolded, so. Oh, I like this. The timer goes up and every sniper thinks it's him. Yep. Ding. There it is. Woo. Boom, boom, boom. David Desmulchen. Oh. Oh, man. Now, I like that, that they faked Gordon's death. Spoiler alert. Yep. This movie's 15 years old. If you don't know this by now, mm-hmm. get... Okay, if you're a young kid and you don't know this by now, I apologize. But <laughs> seriously, if, if you're a Batman fan and you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Batman fan. So what movies have you seen? I've seen all of them except for The Dark Knight. I would be shocked. I would look at them and be like, the what? This is where you start to see Harvey's yep. vicious side start oh, to come out. Oh, yes. Because he's getting tired of this already. Because he Oof. knows, yep, that that right there. He, yeah. Because, again, it, it goes back into what I was talking about earlier. Like, he's public enemy number one, yeah. But the Joker has a plan for everything. Yep. And from the start, you can even kind of tell that he he's... It's all leading to him going after Dent to some extent. Now, this is heartbreaking. Barbara getting told, Jim's yeah. gone. And then she starts screaming in the air, Batman... And he not even knowing that he's right there. Oh, this is this is hard. This was kind of a this almost made me shed a tear in the theater. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. God damn. Like he and he just looks down like I failed this family. Yep. And I like how Stevenson's he's totally right. He's like, he doesn't want to talk to any of us. God help whoever he does want to talk to. Okay. 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 I'm just going to say it right now. Yes, both this film and the Batman feature a club scene. Yes, but do they feature the same mob boss? No. No. Is the fight sequence the same? No. Nope. You want to know how many clubs are in Gotham? A ton. Quite a few. So I'm getting really tired of people being like, Yeah, the Batman's just the Dark Knight light. Mm. Get out of here with that nonsense. Nah. You know what's even funnier? I actually really like the action in this too. This is actually yep. really good for Nolan for Nolan's action, especially with Batman yep. beating the shit out of criminals. Cause again, it's like him fighting in the darkness, but you can still see it because of the little bit of light. Yep. Excuse me. But yeah, I this okay the inflection in, in dense voice when he says gordon's gone you're next you need to get out of town you need to go somewhere safe and and it, it's ironic because she says bruce's penthouse is now the safest place in gotham city and i'm just like didn't the joker just break in there like i was gonna not, say yeah really not even <laughs> 10 15 minutes ago but whatever <laughs> i mean just, i mean in 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 essence yes his penthouse probably is the safest because obviously he has that panic room that he went into, but yeah. Here we go. Here we go. 
the first signs of Harvey Two-Face Dent. Yep. If you're trying to spook somebody, pick a better spot. This fall yeah, kill I like me. this. <laughs> I'm counting on it. And just uh, drops him. Uh, on yeah, his feet. Oh, man, on his feet. Now, this is different because in Begins, he didn't give uh, uh, Flass the same courtesy. He get, he, yeah, no. he you know he held Flash by by a line, Maroni, yeah. Batman's nope. Batman doesn't have any Fs to give at the moment. He wants names. No. He wants answers. I like how he points that out to him. You've got rules. Joker's got no rules. Basically, tell him like if you want him, you got to do it. The one you got to do the one thing you ain't gonna do. can let a couple more people get killed while you make up your mind he's not wrong yep just totally reminds me of that quote from uh uh dark knight or um oh my god yeah, i was Why gonna say totally we're, we're, we're i was gonna say we're watching the dark knight yeah <laughs> now this is actually if i'm not mistaken this is i i would argue David Desmulchin's big break. This is what I would say put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Because after this, he landed the role in Ant-Man. After this, he landed Polka Dot Man. He's also Calendar Man in Batman The Long Halloween. Like I, I would argue that The Dark Knight put David Desmulchin on the map as far as acting goes. Like it, this, this movie did wonders for his career. I like that. Let's go again. <laughs> <clears throat> I like that Batman just pops up out of nowhere and stops all of this. Boom. You'd leave a man's life to chance? Not exactly. And I like how Dent tries to play it off like, no, it's a two-headed coin. I never had any intention of, of killing him. But even still, it's uh-huh. like, yeah, that's that's great, dude. But still, you have to look at like the bigger picture. What are you actually showcasing there? And Batman's right. Like, you're the symbol of hope I can never be. Your stand against crime is the first legitimate ray of light in Gotham in decades. If anyone saw this, everything would be undone. He's 100% correct right there. Yep. Because people would just look at him and be like, oh, he's just like everything else in this city. Mm-hmm. Bingo. It is interesting here. He's made the decision that he is going to reveal himself. Mm-hmm. You can't give in. Mad as hell. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Hmm. Do you think they slept together? I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I think in between the films, they probably had like a fling or something. But given what they've gone through, you know, she knew that Bruce was never going to give up being Batman. Yeah. It does kind of remind me of um, him and Andrea from Mask of the Phantasm. Here's what I will say. Her saying yes to him here, but then writing the letter saying she's going to choose Harvey. Yeah. That does not sit well with me at yeah. all. That it, yeah. that feels a little manipulative. Yeah, me too. 
And I just, I don't know. I don't know that there's just something that just doesn't sit right with me about that. Her telling him yes. And then turning around and, and choosing Dent like it, it, I don't know. There's just something that I that never sat well with me in, about any of that. Yeah. I like how he actually has furnaces in there in case he needs to get rid of shit. <laughs> yeah. That's great. People are dying. Alfred, what would you have me do? This is this is like the strongest conversation between the two of them in this whole movie. Yep. And today I found out what Batman can't do. He can't endure this. Oomph. Today you get to say I told you so. Today, I don't want to. I love that. And then this bit right here just kills it, too. Yeah. But I did bloody tell you! <laughs> I suppose they're going to lock me up as well. As your accomplice. Accomplice? I'm going to tell them it was your whole thing was your idea. <laughs> that, that is top-notch Batman-Alfred conversation right there. I love their chemistry. I would actually even go as far as to say there has never been a bad bruce wayne alfred chemistry in any of the films yes that includes batman and robin yeah true because i will i i don't think that there's ever been a bad interaction sequence chemistry none of that between any of the batmans and the, and the alfreds that have been on screen ever one thing i just noticed i like that uh harvey referred to the joker as a terrorist yes absolutely <clears throat> Because that's what he is. He is a domestic terrorist terrorizing Gotham City. The night is darkest just before the dawn. Uh-oh. <laughs> Foreshadowing? A little bit. A little bit, huh? <laughs> no more dead cops. I love the tenseness of the sequence where mm -hmm. Dent, where Dent is just letting everyone speak and is like, all right, yeah, so be it. Take the Batman into custody. And then Dent goes, I am the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, what now? Now the question does beg, when was this fake out all plotted between him and Gordon? You know, you're right. Like, when when was any of this even established? There had to have been a few key people that knew Gordon faked his death, right? And I'm I not... I mean, it had to have been... So there had there was a day between him talking to Batman and him saying... Batman saying, I'm gonna... You're gonna hold a press conference tomorrow. So maybe, like, right after that? Did you'd have... go off and find Gordon? You'd If anyone knew that Gordon was alive, it might have been Batman. Maybe. But yeah. I, I don't know. That's one thing I think this film. It, 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 it doesn't explain, but it doesn't need to explain. It is sad to see this kind of. Like Alfred knows that Rachel is going to be gone from here on out. Central holding. 
Dent already knows that this is going to be an attack. 100%. 100%. Now, Gordon's the one driving. Yep. I like how a few people are clapping for him. A few people are giving him angry stares. Like, there's a very mixed reaction here, which is what you would expect if Batman came out. 100%. I'm not. It's a double-headed coin. Oh my <laughs> god, no way. Now we're about to get into one of the craziest sequences in the whole film. This this whole thing is just a sight to behold. Oh, I like this. The Joker just bam. Mm, love that. Not the fact that somebody died, but just the the, <laughs> the 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 unsuspecting nature of the Joker being there with a shotgun just to blow a cop to death. That that was just didn't see. Well, that if you think about it, we we haven't seen him since the scene where he tried to shoot the mayor. Right. He's been. We have not seen a single scene with the Joker since then. But you can already tell that the Joker meticulously planned all of this too. He plan for a fire truck to be on fire and for them to divert yep. their route to go underground now again how does he know this well because he's got people in Maroney's or sorry not Maroney he's got people in MCU yep that are in mob pockets and again he always has a plan yep now I do like that on the side of the truck it's it, it they added an s for slaughter because they, 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 there's it, on the side of the truck that the Joker's in, it says laughter, but they added a, a, a red S to give it <laughs> slaughter. Like you'll see it here. Where is it? The fact, too, that all of this is practical, that oh, there's no CGI yeah. in here, is yep. insane. Yeah, see, there's the red S, slaughter, laughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slaughter is the best medicine. Yep. I like how the Joker just blatantly shoots like a, what is that? It looks like an Uzi. He's got yeah. a shotgun. He's like, yeah, this is not working. What am I going <laughs> to, what am, he's going to need something bigger than get through this. And then he does pull it. something bigger to get through it. Yeah. A bazooka? Yep. Now that shot is actually in promotional footage. The Joker pulling out a bazooka. In this truck, that's that was used in promotional footage. I think yeah. one of the the final trailer, I think, for the Dark Knight, they showed this, some of this sequence, I should say. Oh, those guys are dead. Yeah. Uh oh. And here he comes. Yep. Well, I think. Well, once Dent ousted himself as Batman, I think that's when Bale was oh, just man, like that shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh, but you know, Batman doesn't kill, right? Eh? Eh? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure those guys are no longer breathing. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, did he Did he go from... Did he hit them on the front end? 
Yeah. It, he went oh, okay. Straight into yeah. Him. Okay. Then he yeah. Went straight into them and sent them straight up into the wall. Yeah, they probably did I'm die. I'm pretty sure those dudes are dead. Yeah. Oh, but you know, Affleck's Batman is so horrendous for killing people. I mean, Michael Keaton killed plenty of people. <laughs> yeah, he lit a dude on fire and smiled about it. Right. I like that. I don't know how the Batmobile yeah. was able to jump, but it did it. I'm yep. cool with it. Uh, he hit Boost and L2 at the same time. There you go. Crash Bandicoot logic. Crash now, team racing. I've seen Oof. people. I've seen people like nitpick the way the Batmobile lands to death, and I'm just like, we never actually see it land. Though. Oh wait, do we? Yeah, we see it land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it lands topside. Yeah, I was say it lands to the point where he can get out of it. Yeah, some people were under the impression that it didn't land topside. It wasn't supposed to land topside, and I'm just like, what? Mm. Are you insane? <clears throat> I gotta admit, this reveal was dope. Yes, I love this. This reveal of the bat pod was dope. See, you guys are gonna maybe get air support before someone, like, takes your helicopter and keeps it in the air. Damage catastrophic. Catastrophic. And all these people were like, uh, uh, what's happening? Now I forget. Oh, yeah. The other front wheel pops off and becomes the back wheel. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Boom, there it is. So cool. Oh, so man. Cool. And then self-destructs the Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. That's still such a dope reveal. Now, I think, I think that... this also, this is a great example, too, of Nolan kind of learning from his previous films because the chase sequence with the Batmobile, the Batmobile chase sequence in the first one was fine, but there were some editing points where it just, you didn't really get, like, the grand scope of everything that was going on in that. This, right. you get, I mean... I, I agree. Everything I, going on in this is astounding. Yeah, with what you're saying, absolutely. I think this chase sequence far out outspeeds. I love that these kids are like, yeah, bang, bang, oops, did we do that? Okay, here's my problem with this. Batman yeah. just blew up a bunch of innocent people's cars just to make a path. Yep. yep. And it's like, I agree. Okay, I get it, but would Batman do and here's something the thing. like that? Here's the thing. Did he know that those were parked un attended cars what if somebody was getting ready to like pull out right right <laughs> i love his laugh it's so sinister I I, i've forgotten now that we're rewatching this i forgot the body count that happens during this chase sequence yeah it, it got it okay this is great this is almost batman 66 yeah. lightweight kind of like huh batman riding through a mall okay it was fun. Ooh, now there's a Batman. I love that. The tire spinning like that. Yeah. How it rotates all all whichever way. Yeah, that's pretty yep. dope. This is brilliant. Yep. What he does here with the cabling and flipping the truck. Oh my god, this is just... It's also absolutely insane that this is an actual stunt. Yep. That is crazy. That is... 
you know what? This almost puts the T the the, the Terminator Two chase to shame. Almost, yeah. almost. almost. Yeah. Like it's up there with that in terms of chase sequences. Yeah, I, love, get, get... I love I love how he just stumbles out <laughs> and gets up and the the gun goes I mean, off. Because this is one of the few times. <laughs> this is one of the few times where the Joker's like, "Well, shit, I wasn't anticipating that." great face off here oh this is again this this is this is reminiscent of heat this reminds me of heat because you got the protagonist the antagonist coming at one another and you know batman is just struggling with yeah he's like i gotta take this guy out and he just just can't can't do do it it. and he just falls (laughs) and he stays there i'm like what you were just screaming find... five minutes yeah. ago. I, I do find it kind of silly that like, how would that knock him out? Right. See, there, there he goes again, frolicking. Uh, okay, that, <laughs> love that. I like how he chastises <laughs> like, oh, the. Gu- the... <laughs> <sighs> Could you please just give me a minute? And then and it's Gordon. Surprise! We got you, you son of a bitch. Oh. I like how he throws his knife. He's like, okay, you got me. You like to play things pretty close to the chest. We got him, Harvey. Hell yeah. No, I'm no hero. Gotham's finest. They're the heroes. I trust him to do the right thing. Save my ass. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that line. Saving my ass. <laughs> See, there's one corrupt cop. There's another corrupt cop. And I like how they emphasize this, too. They just slowly pan yeah. in on her. I love that. I love how he's completely unfazed by all of it. He's like, yeah, I'm in here. Cool. And I will say, like, time will tell, because, I mean, you know, eventually we're going to get the Batman to eventually I still yeah eventually we'll see when that happens but um you know i was thinking about it prior to watching this and i do really like jeffrey wright as gordon in the batman but i think oldman just nails gordon to a t i think if you were to ask me which of the live action gordons probably has it down pat it's probably gary oldman yeah as much as i love jeffrey wright as an actor I need to see. Look, that that's just it. Gary Oldman and Christian Bale have the luxury of a trilogy and time on their hands. We yep. still we still have time for the Penguin, Batman Part Two, maybe even a Part yep. Three, before we even get to see more of of Jeffrey Wright's Gordon. But I think as it stands right now, yeah, Gary Oldman has it down pat. Like he is without question, arguably probably the the best Gordon. And that's not to say that's not a knock to J.K. Simmons because J.K. J.K. Simmons did a solid job in Zack Snyder's Justice yeah. League. The only difference is he had all of what ten minutes of screen time, whereas Gary Oldman has a, an, an entire supporting role through Batman Begins and this. It's just incomparable. Yep, totally agree. No, I love this exchange he has with his son. He's like, "Did Batman save you?" And Gordon goes, "No, this time I saved him." Yeah. And I like that. I, I, I saved him from a very silly way to get knocked out. 
if you could give me a live action Batman Gordon having a last coffee in a diner, I'd probably yeah. want it to be Bales and Oldman's. Yep. They're the ones I think who deserve it the most. Now this scene right here. Who oh, yeah. nanny. Who boy. Evening, Commissioner. Again, Nolan does such a good job with keeping things in the dark with just enough light that you can make out what where everyone is and what's going on. And you know what? Even funnier is you can actually see, like, as the camera pans in on the Joker, mm-hmm. you, you you can almost kind of make out Batman's sil- – not really, but you can kind of see Batman's belt just a bit. But you can see yeah, no, him this, be- You can see him behind him. Just a this bit. was another scene where my theater went nuts when the lights come on. Yep. Does it make you feel responsible for Harvey Dent's current predicament? What's the time? I I love this. Well, depending on the time, <laughs> he could be in one spot or several. <laughs> That's where Gordon's like, all right, I'm done. I know who needs to take care of this. If we're going to play games, I'm going to need a cup of coffee. <laughs> I think I'm going to step outside real quick. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh-oh. Bam! <laughs> Never start with the head. Victim gets all fuzzy. See? <laughs> Here See, I even am. here, this cowl is not too bad. Like, it, it does have that little bit of, like, roundness to it. But it's still, I still like this cowl. It's just, man, once they get to the Dark Knight Rises, the, the cowl they chose to use in that one just, I man. Yeah, I, I don't like know. It. I don't know what the thought process went with the other cowl. Like, it's almost, I don't know why they decided to just inflate, like, the sides so much. Yeah. Because here, I think it's it's nearly perfect. <clears throat> I love that. That laugh, man. I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. You complete me. Oh, my God. You're garbage who kills for money. Don't talk like them. You're not one of them. You're not. I love love it. I love how he just calls him out. He's like, you think you're a cop, but you're not. You're not like them. You're like me. I almost wanted him to be like, don't talk like that. Stop with the growling. Talk like a normal person, please. It's a bad joke. Drop you can see like his, his paint is deteriorating more and more. Oh, yeah, he's been sitting in a holding cell for hours on end. He can't exactly reapply his face makeup. Yep. And the ironic part, actually... the, the ironic part is, is like as the makeup peels off, and he's being as real as he is with Batman, you can almost kind of say that there's there's a, a human trying to break out there and show yeah. him like this is what my life's like, and we're the same. You just don't want to admit I, it. I also just noticed too, like now that the makeup is fading more and more, you see those those gashes in his cheeks. Yep. 
and it just makes it more grotesque. Not only that, you just see the almost unemotionlessness in his eyes too as the yeah. paint fade as the paint fades. I love this the way you threw yourself after her. I almost thought you were dent. Now it should also be 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 exposed that uh they they did not hold back with shooting any of this. This is what you see happening to Heath Ledger, what Christian Bale is doing to him. Oof. It is 100% both of them. This is not stunts. This is he, Christian Bale's legit beating the shit out of Heath Ledger right now. <laughs> I believe it. I love this. You have nothing to threaten me with. With all your strength. Nothing to do with all your strength. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to tell you where they are. Both of them. <laughs> and now, this is the fun part. Did Batman know he switched the addresses, or did Batman just kind of screw himself and, and yeah. save Harvey Dent by, by, by hapstance? One, you got to wonder in joker's psyche he probably told him the real addresses and he would assume that batman would think he switched them huh yeah there is that very true that's how the that's how the joker plays man they got about five minutes before things get blown to hell <laughs> and that's putting it lightly Oh my! Look at the amount of explosions yeah. that are there. Look at, I, okay, I just realized that. Who has more barrels of explosion, Rachel or Harvey? It looks like Rachel. I think Rachel, because <laughs> you at least in Harvey's room, there's a few other things. It looks like Rachel is just in a garage, just filled with the tanks. I want my phone call. This is one of those things that, again, with Ledger's Joker, the "I want my phone call" bit. This bit mm -hmm. goes on, and it elevates, and it escalates, and then it gets to a point where it's like, oh, oh, he really wants a phone call, and he's going to do anything he can to get that phone call. And you killed six of my friends. And he says, he mouths like, six, and, and he's he like, it. He doesn't six. say it, he mouths it. And he, he's like, six. And the face he makes afterwards, he's like, yeah. ugh. It's more like a whoops. <laughs> it's like, uh, did I do that? And again, like, how and when the Joker found time to put a bomb inside a dude's stomach, <laughs> right? Is just maniacal, evil. Just like, what did he do to get it? I mean, obviously, he cut the dude open and put it in there. But could right. think about that. He took one of his goons, sliced him open, and put a bomb in his stomach if that's not sadistic or evil I don't know what is Oop. right here when he falls and it's pouring onto his face right there you and me as Batman fans were like oh no oh I knew exactly where they were going with that yeah we already knew, but yeah. just for, again for like regular moviegoers, they're like, "Oh no, he's gonna like, what's gonna happen?" You and I are sitting there in the theater going, "Oh no, here we, here it comes." Now this is just 
this is haunting. The Joker telling Stevens, like, you want to know why I use a knife? Because guns are too easy, too quick. With knives, you can see the last moments. Yeah. People show you who they really are, and it's like, oh, man. That is, he, the Joker knew how to push his buttons. The minute, the minute Stevens said you killed six of my friends, the Joker was like, oh, okay, yeah. I know exactly what to say to get under your skin. God, would you like to know which of them were cowards? Oh, that looks... Look at that, look at that gash. Like, that was not a surgical operation. No. That was just... Joker took a blade and cut into the dude yeah. to put it in there. And then whoever stitched him up they... did a really shit job. Yeah. <laughs> they just that that did not look Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I want my phone call. I just want my oh. phone call. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What? Really?" Oh, Dent. The more you, like, spew open your mouth, the more it's just yeah. gonna get everywhere. Oh, no. He's just, give me the phone. Give me the phone. He, oh, oh, man. Oh. I like that. <laughs> and then, oh, no. Oh, man. This is just... Mm, mm. Right as soon as you see that, you see the light, I'd be getting my ass out of... Oh, God. I can hear the score right now. And this... Yep him just standing in all the chaos he yeah. looks so th he looks content he doesn't look mm -hmm. bothered he looks content that is spooky it's what he wants right oh rachel well at least you know the movie's about to get a little more tolerable yeah now i love eckhart's performance here where he just starts screaming no no, yeah. no, no, because oomph. Big oomph. Big, big oomph. This was another scene in my theater. Again, packed movie theater. People screamed when it happened. Yep. Because it comes right out of nowhere. Yep. You're like, okay, so Rachel's going to give this comforting and boom. Goodbye. <laughs> Look at that, man. That's crazy. And Dent, okay, sorry. Gordon thinks that's Dent, so that's why he's yeah. having a fit, right? And Batman, uh, oh my gosh, this is. You know what? This is this this is this is in line because Batman was there when Dent got scarred, so yeah. that makes sense. Oh, this and he and he would blame Batman for letting it happen, for yep. letting not just him getting scarred, but for letting Rachel die. In yep. his in Harvey's eyes, Batman is to blame. Yep. The Joker planned on getting caught. Yep. And Gordon's like, damn it. Look at that. He's just he's so happy. He's like a dog chasing yep. cars. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. This is where things get a little murky for me because yeah. <sighs> Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Yeah. Obviously, Batman's there mourning the loss of Rachel Dawes. Obviously. Very, very obviously. But this whole... I'm choosing Harvey Dent 
after I just told you yes is just yeah. so mm, it doesn't yeah it just doesn't, it doesn't sit well. no it doesn't it does not sit well with me yeah I'm the same way because that's just such a not that's such a not cool thing to do it's almost it's almost Andrea Beaumont giving the mm-hmm. ring back but this yep. is so much worse yeah because with Andrea she knew that her and her father were not going to be safe right so right. she had to go with her father right whereas here this is this is just like yo i know you're never gonna give this up so i'm gonna go be with harvey dad because well yep. he's normal and it's just like that is so not mm-hmm. right because the last movie you straight up told him and he told you and it's just uh, i don't know I don't know. There's just something that just doesn't sit sit well with me. And and the the worst part is Bruce is convinced that they would have had a happy life together had she not yeah. died. And it's just like, oh brother. No. No, no, no. So then the question begs, does, did did Alfred do the right thing by burning that letter? I man, that's a tough question to ask, is it? The fact that he kept it from Bruce is just like, man, They've always had this sense of being honest with one another. Yeah. And he's always been there to ins- to keep Bruce going. Right. Right here. She was going to wait for me, Alfred. Right there. Look at that expression. He's going, mm, I should tell him. Man, see. Ah, see, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think I like that. In the forest in Burma, did you catch him? Yeah how we burn the forest down oh my gosh what an analogy oh man this scene right here is just yeah hard because he sees the coin yep and oh man like i like that there wasn't any any score or music to try and emphasize this it's just a ringing noise yep I don't think the flashback was necessary, but I get what they were going with. A hundred percent. So here for me, like I said at the beginning, in my opinion, that's where the film should have ended. Really? Yep. Wow. For me, I think the rest of this is good, but it's just not the caliber of everything that has come before it. Besides the scene with the Joker threatening to blow up a hospital. I think right there would have been, I mean, what, we're, we're an hour 40 in, so that's a good chunk of film. The Joker has succeeded in what he was doing. Rachel's been killed off. Batman is, Bruce is dis, disgruntled. We now have Harvey, who by that point we know, okay, he's going to become Two-Face. I think that would have been a great cutoff point to lead us into the next film. Yeah, see, I don't know about that because you need some kind of resolution with the Joker. That... But see, we don't, but we don't really get it anyway. I mean, yes, he catches the Joker, and you can tell that they're they're setting Joker aside. What their plan was, I'm sure, was to bring him back in the third one. That's what I, from my understanding, yes, that that is something that was talked about. But I feel like we still kind of don't... Uh, yes, they catch the Joker, but 
but even like the way it kind of ends with him leaving him hanging upside down i don't know it just to me it could, that's not really resolved yes they've caught him great but we don't see what happens after that and again i'm sure the goal was to bring the joker back for the third film couldn't do that but they would have run okay. into the same problem here. this this okay all that aside the reveal of harvey's yeah. face is just the the minimal amount of cgi used in this film was really well done and i think using yeah. cgi for harvey dent's ha other half is is smart i i thought that was a very nice and practical way of getting it done and it looks good or even he looks or really even right good. there and and the film with him turning and you see two face has been created that would have given me chills and would have been like all right i'm in for the third one let's go yeah see i i just i don't know i'm a, i'm i i just can't agree with that because I, I feel like this film is this film sets out what it intends to do and i feel like there's a, a, a pretty epic climax and payoff here with the joker but unfortunately there were there were the the caveat is the fact that heath ledger is no longer here and he passed yep. away after this film was getting ready to release so whatever ideas they had for the third film they went out the window i almost wish i mean we've done so many things like we've had that um that batman 89 comic that continues the story of what they wanted to do in the keaton era essentially i kind of wish what if they could have done that give us a graphic novel of what the third film was going to be honestly i wouldn't be shocked to see christopher nolan come back with christian bale and do another film a fourth film that feels like a more proper ending than the dark knight rises in coming years yeah. like when they're both older yeah it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if they both came back for a fourth movie to give us almost like a true dark knight returns situation not even dark knight returns just just a just something different than what the dark knight rises gave yeah i don't know i have no idea i, I don't know like this when it came when it comes to this trilogy when it comes to this director when it comes to this world i think it really did peak with this film yeah absolutely and this this right here this this is the joker's crowning moment he tells chech he tells the chechen like i'm gonna give this town a better class of criminal Mm -hmm. and, and that means getting rid of you that means getting rid of Maroney that means getting rid of everybody I'm top dog now notice how Joker throughout this film he always gets upset when someone calls him a freak mm -hmm. I love that it's about sending a message mind you he burns. lit that all on fire with Lau on top of it too yeah Yep. I think that's one thing a lot of people didn't realize until later <laughs> One block at a time. Oh, man. I've had a change of heart. I don't want mystery spoiling everything, but why should I have all the fun? Let's give someone else a chance. If Coleman Reese isn't dead in <laughs> 60 minutes, then I blow up a hospital. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> just by doing that right there, you have literally hundreds, if not possibly thousands of people have loved ones in hospitals that are like okay well this guy's gotta die i'm not gonna let my you know grandfather newborn baby you know wife that's dealing with cancer i'm not gonna let them blow up no you know day off or not very subtle lamborghini then much more subtle much more subtle 
and he goes racing in this gorgeous Lambo. Everyone's just freaking out trying to figure out how they're going to get all these people out of a hospital. The fact that this guy actually tried to shoot him. And that the reporter's sticking with him, too. He knows he's going to get some good footage if someone tries to murder a man on TV, on live TV. <laughs> well, maybe Batman will try to save you. All of these people that they're trying to get out of a hospital. Like, just absolute chaos of trying to get hundreds of people out of hospitals. You've got people that need to be hooked up to machines, people who probably shouldn't be getting moved. Now we got this gentleman here. He's freaking out because obviously he's got, I think, a wife in, in a hospital? Yeah, I think they figure out that he has someone at one of these hospitals. Yeah, Gordon gets a message. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, this is actually at the cusp of when, when flip phones were starting to kind of fade out and people were getting Blackberries yeah. and other, other things. Palms, if you will. Yeah, I remember Palm phones. Those were... <laughs> man, it feels almost like a lifetime ago, thinking about outdated technology. To start sending him names of people who have family members in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might want to hand over that shotgun. Oh, this is just... <laughs> <laughs> the interaction between these two. Hi. <laughs> and Dent's like, I am going to kill you. I am literally going to kill you. Hi. How <laughs> the way his teeth are all yellow and gross. Right. Ugh. Really sticks out in a scene like this where he's in the light. That's his first thought. He's Rachel. Yep. I was sitting in Gordon's cage. I didn't rig those charges. Bullshit! Yeah, for Bullshit! Real. Bullshit! <laughs> you didn't rig those charges! Bullshit! Oh, uh, look at it. Like, you see, like, the, like, the bloody leftovers of where he was laying his face on the pillow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, clearly, that's, if he keeps laying on it like that, it's not going to heal right. Yeah. Keep picking at it, you're going to scar. <laughs> Schemers trying to control their little worlds. I'm not a schemer. Uh-huh. Sure you're not. I like that. When I say, come here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is nothing personal. I didn't mean to blow up your girlfriend. Which is ironic because he tells Batman at the end, I needed an ace in the hole. Yep. He absolutely did. 100%. Coleman uh, Reese is shitting himself right now. Because my wife's in the hospital? Yeah, that'd be why.
Because you were a schemer. You had plans, and uh, look where that got I you. I love <laughs> that he has. I love that he has a Harvey Dent sticker on his nurse's outfit. Yep. That just, I love that. <laughs> that that just makes it all the better. Oh, oh, here we go. We got some big dude in a truck thinking he's gonna be Billy Badass and do everyone a favor. Yep. I took your little plan and I turned it on itself. Just a few drums of gas and a couple of bullets. You know what? You know what I noticed? Nobody panics. God, the way his the way his eye moves. Be, uh the bulging eye well not really bulging it's just every the skin around the eye has deteriorated yeah so you see more of his eyeballs just uh nobody panics because it's all part of the plan but when i say that one little mayor will die <laughs> everyone loses their minds <laughs> uh the, the memes that were generated okay pay very close attention to where he puts his finger He's holding it so it doesn't get to actually shoot him. Oh, yeah. Never noticed that. Yep. And I love this from Dent. Yeah. Where you he just live, pulls out the coin. You die. You live. You die. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell he's like yeah you're gonna live but only because i allowed it here comes truck boy yep and here comes bruce wayne to save the day and Ooh. damn so when Wreck i saw his poor lambo when i saw that lambo i was like man that thing better be the next batmobile and then that happened i was like well i guess yeah. that's not gonna happen it was a very brave thing you did trying to catch the light <laughs> Peekaboo. Look who saved you. Now that would probably send a narcissist over the wall. Yep. He got saved by the guy that he was trying to out. Yep. And, and don't get me wrong, it'd be fun if he if he could have been the Riddler in this, but This is again big the old what humor if. in the humor in this film, this scene where he's messing with the detonator. Yeah. Again, this film, I don't think people realize how many funny moments are in this movie. Now, the thing is about this when he's messing with the the the, the detonator is it's it's all legit. Like the detonator, there was yeah. a, there was a yeah. delay and this is yeah. all his natural reaction to all of it. Yeah. I love how he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and look, see, he got he in the school a, bus. He got in the school bus. Yeah. Now, granted, it, it you can see that there are people inside it, so he's getting away with people, you know, that were getting out of the hospital. But right. he, his escape vehicle again was a school bus. Well, also, Anthony Michael's Hall character was was shoved into that bus too by one of the goons. Yep. Gotham General. Did you clear the building? Oh, I certainly hope so. 
That's only that's that's one thing that's kind of weird to me. In that limited amount of time, they were able to evacuate an entire hospital and have no one in there at all. Little far fetched for me, okay. but makes I, I get Gordon right there telling his men if anybody asks, we got him out. There's a lie. Yeah. Yep. And that's just it. Jim. The the continuous lies are would then result with blood on Gordon's hands. To some extent. Let <laughs> me real breaking news above him. <laughs> yeah. Can anyone let here play by the rules? Oh my gosh. Security is showing a break in at the R and D department. Uh oh. I wonder who could that could be. Could you imagine being a citizen in this city with all of this going on? No. <laughs> no. No. No, I couldn't. I don't know if I could live in Gotham City, to be brutally honest with you. This is where things get... See, again, this is, for me... It's still good... But I just, I don't know. The whole, like, sonar thing and, like, Lucius getting upset with him. I, just, I don't know. I, I still like a majority of these scenes. But, man, I just... Mm, there are just little moments that I'm just, like, not... I'm not as emotionally invested as I was the previous hour, 40 minutes. I will say that this sequence showcasing Dent finding out who yeah, is the yeah. who are the rats that that was this is this is top notch. Yeah. I will say of the of the small amount of Harvey Dent Two-Face we do get in it, we get a we get a great Two-Face. Yeah. With what little just, there is. It just further frustrates me just making me wish he would have been our primary villain in the third film. Yeah, from what I understand, the third film was supposed to be like a mix between Two Face and, um, and again, the Joker. Joker, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think killing Harvey Dent might have came at the very tail end of, of this film. Like, it might have been a very, like, were they, will, will they, won't they? Is he? Yeah. Isn't he? That 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 kind of question was asked, and and I would imagine that it was um, probably just at, the, at it was a very last minute decision to be like, yeah, he's he's not coming back. He's dead. Yeah. See, I just this this bugs me. The whole like, oh, you turned every phone in the city into a sonar frequency, and you're invading people's privacy. And I don't I don't know, man. This this whole thing just. I feel like is a, a detractor. Mm, I understand the intent and I actually think it, it's, it's a, it's a pretty solid compromise. Like this, this goes far beyond anything. Like at the time, this was, this was a complete and total invasion of privacy and yeah. Lucius Fox being like, yeah, that I'll help you with this. But th as long as this shit's here, I won't be. I think it, it works as a means to find the Joker for this film, but I also think that the, the the idea of it can be a little off-putting given how 
far we've come in regards to being spied on by our own government. Like I, I can see the the eh, parallels there. I, I I can I can see it. Well, it's just for me. It's like I just feel like it's kind of a all the other times throughout this film where they found a way to catch Joker figure or not catch Joker, but like figure out what his plan was. I don't know. I just feel like having it. Oh, okay. So now we're going to use every phone in the city as a sonar to find him. I had, I, I feel like there could have been a better way to figure out with everything they've done so far. I think there could have been a more interesting way to catch the Joker. Mm, I can understand that. I do like. I, I like. I the, love this. This is great. Yeah. This is actually really great. Two Face confronting Maroni. You ever imagine what it'd be like? Listen to her die. Well, tick it up with the Joker. He killed your woman. He made you like this. Joker's just a mad dog. I want the person who <laughs> let him off the leash. And it's like, you don't get it. The Joker went to them. He's manipulating them. Come yeah. on, Harvey. God, man, like the clo- those close-up shots of his face. Like you see like the hole in his nose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for oh, PG, yeah. For, for a PG-13 movie, they got away with quite a bit. Oh, this was gruesome. Like his his face is not. Like it, it looks gruesome, and I actually do like the the touch of having the charred suit too. Yep, that's yep. that's good. You're a lucky man. Your driver, not so much. <laughs> this does seem a little silly to me, though. Like, so wait, this kills Maroni, but Two Face walks away. Scott, I mean, look okay. at the way that. Okay, here's that's the thing. Pretty rough. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's never explicitly stated that Maroni died true it is never explicitly said that maroney died from that accident because yeah. i used to think the same thing because if, if maroney died then obviously harvey would have had to as well but then obviously he did not so to me yeah. no i think he did that and again you know he let ramirez live he shot warts but when it came to maroney he let maroney live but he's like your driver not so much he, 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 mm-hmm. he did a double take on it now whether or not maroney's alive or dead that remains to be seen. Maroney's an older dude. He probably could have died from injuries more so yeah. than Harvey would have. But again, I, I don't know. I'm not. I used to think that too. I used to think like, well, if Maroney died, Harvey should have died. Yep. Because I mean, just, I don't know. It, that The way that car crashed, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know Harvey put his seatbelt on, but come on, dude. Okay. But that... then but then after watching the Batman, do you really think Colin Farrell's yeah. Penguin would have survived yeah. that? Very true. <laughs> Very, very true. His car does a few more flips. Exactly. And at that point, it's just like, you know what? It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those fancy movie just, flying car it, tricks. It came off to me as like the villain version of what Bale did in Batman Begins. You know, the whole, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Oh, sure. That's understandable. Yeah. I really dislike how Gotham Knights basically cheapen this in a in a cheaper form. <laughs> oh like, yeah, we they went ch- over that. Yeah, in, uh, in our in our rant episode. Yeah, they we, they we were talking about Gotham Knights. So they basically do this, but instead of boats, it's towers. It's all the towers across <laughs> across Gotham City. 
but it's, it's the same thing. They have to decide who's going to blow up. Pretty much. Or which side decides to blow it up first. Pretty much, yeah. But I do think that this whole idea of having a boat full of citizens and a boat full of convicts and having to choose between which one would blow up over the other is a very, like, it's a very telling situation of the soul of Gotham City. It's like, it, Gotham yep. City is literally on the edge of being, like, one end or the other. And depending on who gets blown up, it doesn't matter. Both casualties are casualties. People die. It's not going to be a good look for anybody. And honestly, this is a small... It's not world-ending aliens coming to destroy the planet. It's not some yeah. big giant beam in the sky that's going to destroy everything within its vicinity. This is not some giant bunker alien with mini-me's flying around ready to take control of people. This is a story about a city and a man trying to keep his city from going full on, you know, guerrilla warfare, anarchy, right, chaos. Yeah. And so the fact that the Joker was able to even manipulate events to such this caliber is scary. It's a terrorist level threat. And that's why I think ultimately this as a film works because the stakes are from yep. are coming from a very realistic standpoint. Because you're asking the moral question of, should I get to live over these people or vice versa? And the well, why and, that, of it. and the conflicting views here. You've got the one woman that's like, hey, those guys over there are convicts. And this military guy's like, guys, we, we are not discussing this. Right. It's like so we're, you have we're... some people that are that got their feet in the ground like we are not going to do this. But you do have those other people that are like, um. I'm not going to die for a bunch of convicts. Not only that, you have the other people who are like, we don't get to decide who lives or dies. It's, yeah. It should not be up to us. Yep. Oh, man, this is just manipulation 101. Oh, yeah. man. Having Ramirez goad Gordon's wife into bringing the family to where Rachel died. That is just... Oof. I like this. I mean, he straight up calls her out on this. Like, I don't care that your mother's in the hospital. You did all of this. Yeah. And it, it caused me to not only become this, but you you made me lose the love of my life. Right. Because of Wurtz and Ramirez, like, everything... Because of Wurtz and Ramirez, the Joker and the mob was able to stay one... Basically stay almost, not quite ahead, but stay on, on even footing with the GCPD, Batman, and Dent. Yep. It's not that simple with the Joker. It never is. See, I feel like I've heard that from multiple different Batman. Yeah. I really. feel like that is a <laughs> staple line anytime Batman deals with the Joker. When it comes to the Joker, I like it's this, never this easy. Guy, so the military guy, again, he comes up, he tries to come up with like a diplomatic solution to it. Because he knows if he doesn't try to do something, I mean, these panicked people are going to rush him and just take the detonator anyway. Right. Now, on the other side, with the convicts, I actually appreciate what how they handled that. Because one dude just Me takes too. it and tosses it out the window. That's... Yeah. Well, and, and you notice <clears throat> all of the convicts right now are just screaming, blow it up, blow it up. Like... Yep. Nice Batman glider action going on there. Yep. Ooh, I love the way his cape came yeah. in. Yeah, that was slick. Just nailed that goon. Okay. The white eyes. Yeah. 
at first, I dug it. Yeah, I don't like Na- it. Now, <laughs> after, see- after seeing other versions of Batman use yeah. white eyes, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can appreciate it, but it's not visu- It's not as visually appealing as it used to be. Yeah. Now, now that it's been done better in other, in other, other places. Hello, Jim. You know, right there, Gordon's like, shit. Yep. Where's my family? Where my family died. Big uh-oh. Big, big uh-oh. And see, again, you have all of these moving parts all happening at once. You've got these guys who are being used as decoys. Mm-hmm. Batman trying to figure out what he's going to do. Lucius keeping track of everything going on. The police getting ready. They're, they need, they want to take action. And it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. I like how he was able to save the hostages from the cops. Yep. That was, again, like just slick Batman work. And again, the cops just know, hey, if they're wearing a a clown mask, we have to kill them. Because they're Joker goons. Not even realizing that they're being used as hostages. Yeah. Yep. And that the plainclothes people are the true. Exactly. That was brutal, the way he did that. Yeah. Turned that dude's head to the side and then just hit him in the neck. Yeah. Might have caused some paralysis there, but we'll never know. I mean, we already saw earlier he has killed a few people. This is true. This is very true. But Batman doesn't kill. (laughs) See, every time I hear or see that, I I just kind of reinforce. I always just kind of blurt out, no, no, he he shouldn't. But he has. He mm-hmm. But he has. Like the, 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 that's a fact. Like Batman's yep. killed people. Like the, the, that's just a fact. And anytime someone like tries to push back on it, I just imagine like Lloyd from from uh you know Dumb and Dumber, hands and ears. <laughs> la, 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 la. Like I, I, yeah. People literally just <laughs> don't want to hear it. They they do not want to hear that, even though it is a hard fact. I'm conditioned to the point where every movie I ever see where they're, you know, they're shooting all over the place, but they can't hit the person that they're shooting at. I just hear Lloyd in, from Dumb and Dumber in my head. You're a terrible shot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's either that or they got the stormtrooper aim, one or the other, right? Bam! And there we go. Big oomph. Big, big oomph. This is again, this one, this action scene in it too, like, I don't know what happened, but it just starts to get a little cluttered. And I get it. They're in this, like, this building that's still being built. I just, oh, man, the fight scene here is a lot more like Batman Begins, where it's very, like, close up and you can't really see what's going on. Yeah. But again, like you said, it's only in the hand-to-hand combat, which is so weird to me. And it's hit or miss depending on what combat sequence you're talking about, too. Yep. That was kind of goofy. It was. Him going (laughs) going up like that, that was kind of (laughs) goofy. Yeah. 
kind of bouncing off the wall yeah. instead of just straight up like Batman always has. Yeah. That seemed a little silly to me that Joker has just like three dogs now. He's also got a curl bar in his hand too. Yeah. Yep. Which oh, poor, poor he, pooch. He famously the Joker in the comics anyway. Joker famously killed Jason Rod, Jason Todd with a cut with a crowbar. Crowbar. Yeah. And here he's just yeah, shit away. Yeah. Right. And you know it's Batman's gonna feel it because of the armor change. Yep. I wish you said he'd be much more susceptible. And see right there that action there was there I feel like there were just a little too many cuts editing wise. Yep. Little there again it's, it's getting seeing here like with the Joker hitting him and stuff. Like you said, way too much fast motion and the camera's just too close. Yeah. Pull back, let me see what's going on. This guy. Yeah, I would shit my pants too if that dude walked up to me and said give me the thing you're holding uh gladly. You want Please to die, but you don't know me. how to take a life. Give it to me. These men will kill you and take it anyway. <laughs> it's true. Well, and I, I love how quiet he talks to him. And then you got this guy who thinks he's got the balls to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, dude, you look like an 8th grade science teacher. Sit yeah. down. You're not going to do Mr. it. Mr. Grandstander, he's going he's gonna to do it. It's like, dude, no. You don't even have the balls to hit a piss ant. Get out of here. He reminds me of the wormy dude in The Dark Knight Returns that, like, gets angry at Batman for trying to get the the mutants and the citizens yeah. to work together. Yeah. The, 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 the deputy mayor who becomes the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think is voiced by the same guy who voices Fred from Scooby-Doo. Really? I, th I think. I don't recall, but yeah. to me i'm gonna do what you should have did 10 minutes ago i do believe too i i don't know that actor's name but i do believe he passed away recently which one the the big guy here ah you know i don't know he was in um he was in friday that's where yes I he is from. well he's he's the face of that that meme of i got paid today bills i got paid today yeah he's the face of that meme but yeah yeah, I do believe he recently passed. Well, I'm looking up the cast right now. Let's see. Tom Lister Jr. There we is. There it is. Yep. Oh wow, he died in 2020. Oh wow. Yeah. Does it say of what? From what? Uh, no, I'm trying to see. December 10th, 2020. They just, they found him unconscious in his bed. That's unfortunate. That's really 62, unfortunate. 62 years old. Hell of an actor. Yeah. Always intimidating. Always imposing. I yeah. love this right here. Joker's like, um, wait a minute. What were you trying this to is prove? this is the scene where the Bale voice truly drives me nuts. Yeah, it's not great. It's too much, man. It's really like, not great. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's trying a little too hard. Can't he's trying too hard. I, I get it too. They're outside. There's all this noise, so he has to talk louder. But this voice does not work when he's loud. I don't know how I got these scars. No, but I know how you got these. <laughs> like that line right there was. Yeah. Almost a little too 
cringe. Yep. So fun fact, this scene right here, where he where Heath is hanging, when mm-hmm. Batman pulls him up. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. So this all right here, that background mm-hmm. behind him, that's all CGI. Really? Yep. Wow, they, it does they, not look it at all. It does not, right? So that that's what Batman's standing on. That's practical. But all the background behind Heath, CGI. Wow. You truly are incorruptible, aren't you? Yeah, to me, this is this is what... This is, I, I think, like no one using CGI as a background before people started really like you... This was basically a prototype of the prototype of the, of the volume tech more or less because he's using cgi just to fill in the background but he's got all of his focus on heath but if you go online and look at set photos it you see heath ledger hanging from a green screen like you see him Hmm. hanging from a green screen room that's how they were able to achieve this ah this could be ah yeah this the voice it's just not good like he's he's trying super super hard here and i it's really tough to buy in the, in this last bit. And it's a shame because it's like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're it, wrapping this it, film up too. It's the final confrontation between them. And it's just, man, such a, uh, it's, such a it's almost, it's almost it forced. End. It's almost yeah. forced on, on Bale's end to some extent yeah. where he's really, really trying. You need an ace in the hole. And see, I think this is where, again, my issues with this the last, like, you know, 40 minutes of this film, this all just feels very, like you said, rushed. Like, he's he's telling Batman here, oh, yeah, I've got Harvey as an ace in the hole. How does Batman figure out that to be over there where Harvey and... I don't know, man. It's... Uh, I, I really am disappointed by the the way things kind of wrap up. I mean, it's it's not, it's so unfortunate to see that that's the last image we get of the Joker again, though, of course, ledger past makes sense. Yeah. It's not a look. It's, it's not a perfect film. It's flaws show now more than I think they did way back then, because I think everyone was just kind of, um, writing on, on, on the absolute high that this film gave you. But once you really start to really think about certain elements, especially towards the, the tail end of the film, is when things yep. start to get a little a little murky. I do like this confrontation between them here. Oh, it's it's one of the best. It's a hell of a way to end the film, too, of having, you know, the, the, the film starts with all three of them on the same side. And now the film ends with you know, all three of them in, in virtually different places because of yeah. the Joker's actions and what has caught, what cost all of them out of all of this and who lost the most when it comes to any of it. And truthfully, you can make the argument that Dent and Batman probably lost the most out of all of this. Yep. Gordon's loss doesn't come until the next film, I would argue. I'd agree with that. Which it it kind of bugged me that they wrote off his family for the third film that that really didn't sit well i hated with me. that I, I wasn't a fan of that choice i feel because like look at this look how terrified they are look at everything he's going through to protect his family and right. then in the next film they just go oh yeah he got divorced yeah like, wait what yeah 
you're just gonna nonchalantly just write them out of the film and this right here like him picking the picking his son picking the son picking the son right like the the from the first film batman met the son right mm-hmm. like yep the, the, there's a lot of of real tense energy right here because this yeah. is you know this is gordon and bat well, batman's not here yet but this is like this is real shit for both of them yep so many dogs so, so like, many uh, dogs see this, uh, too like how did how did they know to come here did they, he gordon tell? gordon just says they know that there's a situation they don't know who or what okay it's almost like Harvey is is wanting to expose himself as yeah. as Two Face, and even that line that that delivery of it's not about what's right, it's about what's fair. We are yeah. decent men in an indecent time, but you were wrong. The world is cruel, and the only morality in a cruel world is ch- and that right there. Yeah, like they don't nec- they don't necessarily dive deep into this broken psychology a duology of mentality with harvey but he's clearly a broken man in wake of what happened with him yeah see here again bales yeah screaming is not necessary dude just keep it more subtle i can't disagree he he just tries a little too hard with the voice right there because you were the best of us and i'm like man dude just tone it down just because it the funny thing is, it's like in Batman Begins, he still has the growl. It's not as bad though. I don't know why in this one they decided to amp it up. Yeah, in Begins, he's got more of a hushed whisper until yeah. he's intimidating certain folks. In here, it's it's a full on growl, and then in the last film, it's again yeah. a, a full on growl. Bam! Shoots Batman in the abdomen. My turn. And this is legit intense because with everything we've seen in the film so far, I mean, would you be surprised if Nolan decided to kill a child? No. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he's not above, like, aging children past their parents like he did in Interstellar. Like, he, he's not afraid to kind of go down certain routes. And this is, here comes my most disappointing part about the whole film. right here I just landed on heads he, he, he would have been fine tack, tackled him Harvey fell like it just does the way that shot that doesn't look like that big of a fall yeah but you know what if he landed on his neck it could yeah. it could have broken now the fact that Batman has armor on probably helped his chances of survival more than dense yeah I don't know. I just I, I agree. I, I think it's man. it's pretty unrealistic to think that you die from that fall, sure. But I also think that, that people have died from certain events yeah. that, that could theoretically kill them. And I think falling from that height, if you land at a certain angle, yeah, you'd probably snap your neck and die. I think that's what happened with I just, Harvey. For for such a great villain and the story that Dent went through through this whole thing, for him to go out like this is just kinda uh... I agree. I can't disagree. I mean I would have loved to have seen him go on preferably i would have liked to have seen like a full-on decimated chaotic gotham city 
where there's yeah. a gang war between like Two Face and a couple other big people, and it's up to Batman to just kind of quell it once and for all. Yep. We didn't get that in the third film, and that's fine. But yeah, I, I can't really disagree with the criticism that they took Two Face off the board almost too quickly at the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, in all reality, we got maybe 25 20, minutes, 30 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. With Two Face, and it's just like, man, Eckert, he he nailed this role so well that all i wanted was more of his two-face oh a lot of people wanted more i think he was game for more too but i know pretty immediately after the movie was out he came out pretty quick and said yeah i'm dead yeah just ah, man just so disappointing the joker cannot win I kill those people. I do those things. Because I'm not a hero, not like Dent. Hey, old man, close your mouth sometimes when you're talking, dude. You don't gotta have your mouth hanging open. <laughs> it's whatever Gotham needs me to be. Call it in. Now, I do think that the premise of the third film predicated on their lie coming back to bite them in the ass i think yeah. that's that's smart sure yeah. but mm -hmm. you know what let's not talk about the dark knight rises right now yeah. <laughs> it's this right here this is a pretty powerful scene because gordon is yeah. he's he doesn't want to do he this. doesn't want to do that but he had to he knows the truth right he's the only one who knows the truth outside of probably alfred too but the only thing that does kind of bug me is he tells him you know let them know that i killed those people how how did they explain that to the public that oh all of a sudden batman's well, murdering people to be fair everything happened behind closed doors and one True. could one could argue that the presence of batman incited the joker to do what he did you yeah could, you could theoretically blame the joker's the batman's presence causing the joker's mayhem yeah. and thus resulting in the deaths that we see in this film yeah, it just seemed kind of silly to me for him to be like, "Oh, tell them that I killed." It those could have been people. it. It could have been elaborated a little bit better. I yeah, I agree. Like they could have elaborated on that on the how just a little bit more cleanly. But I think the fact that this we're, we're literally on like the tail end of the film before the credits were yeah. like, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Now Gordon's final I, words are just phenomenal. Chef's yeah. kiss. I will say that. Yep. It's a great way to end it with the score rising as he's running out. Yeah. And mind you, now he's got a gunshot wound to the abdomen. He mm -hmm. fell from God knows how far. His knee is probably cracked and broken in a couple different places. Yep. Like th this, what, what I mean, happened how, how here? How many crowbar shots did he take there? A dark night. Yep. And he goes off into the light. What a just yep. masterclass display of how to tell a superhero story in a grounded realm of yep. reality. Like I said, my my few little issues towards the end aside, I mean, you can't deny how good this film is. Oh, absolutely. Like, you don't get a lot of the nuanced superhero films today without this movie happening first. Yeah. Like, you, you don't get... 
we wouldn't have Matt Reeves the Batman without these films. Right. I would even actually argue you don't get a solid second entry. You don't. You know. You don't get Batman v Superman for Man of Steel without this. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan gave his gave his blessing to Snyder to do Batman v Superman anyway, immediately after Man of Steel, which is only a year after The Dark Knight Rises. Yep. And the fact that the score was composed by Hans and James Newton Howard again, like th- those two, rest in peace, James Newton Howard. Like they absolutely just crush it with both well, films. You, as soon as you see the name Hans Zimmer in a score, you already know you're going to get some great music. Are you sure about Wonder Woman 1984? <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the Amazing Spider-Man too. He did he did that yeah. as well. Yeah, no, but oh, but to be fair, that score is actually really good. Hmm. But yes, this is the Dark Knight. Fifteen years later, yeah. Uh, where Amazon, we're... what Amazon's trying to roll me right into the Dark Knight Rises. I don't have time for that nonsense. Get out of here. Oh uh, well, I still got about five minutes left of credits. But so there is no post-credit sequence. There is none of that. So yeah. I think we're we're good to just hit pause and end it right here. Yep. But yeah, that man, what a film! It still holds up all these years later. It does. Just absolutely spectacular performances across the board I, especially like I think, it, I, I think it's safe to say that this is this was heath ledger's movie oh absolutely 1000 percent. yeah this film would not be nearly as well renowned as it is without heath ledger as the joker 100 percent. which like, is funny because like we said in a, a previous episode dude i remember i'll never forget the outrage when heath ledger was announced as the joker the amount of fanboys that were just convinced. Oh, this is yeah. this is gonna be the worst Batman movie of all time. This is gonna ruin Batman. This is gonna be a disaster. And then look what they turned out. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I, I have vague recollections, but yeah, it. It's it's just again, man. You got to give at least wait to see what it's gonna look like before you just get up in arms about it. Right. Agreed 1,000%. I think, if anything, that's what this film should have shown us, but still, people still freak out about castings to this day for, yep. you know, completely unrelated different reasons now since things have changed. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the, 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 this film was the epitome of wait and see before you judge a book by the cover. Yep. And, and again, coming off of a first film that was generally well-received but was, for most people, kind of forgettable. I think for general audiences, yeah, they kind of, you know, went, they, they came, they went, they saw, and then moved about their business. But with The Dark Knight, yeah. there was a much longer conversation, unfortunately due to the passing of Heath Ledger. But I also think that his performance in this film, it's it's one for the books. He, he won an Oscar for it posthumously. Mm-hmm. So yep. there will, if there is a bar for Joker performances chances are Heath Ledger is probably at the top of your bar. I just, I don't know how anyone is ever going to surpass it, to be honest. I don't either. And I, 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 it took me a while to come around to Jared Leto's Joker, but I think that also might have something to do with the fact that he was included in Snyder's Justice League. And that's that one scene between the two of them is forever, like on par with that one scene between Affleck and Leto, I think is on par with the entirety of the Dark Knight. Yep, I agree. And as far as Barry Keegan and Robert Pattinson go, 
that's a little more difficult to try and judge because there's literally only five minutes worth of footage between yeah, the two of them. A deleted scene. Right, yeah. and it's a deleted scene. So it's it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, I can see them having their... No, I take that back. I could see Bale and Leto's history between their dialogue exchange, but I can mm-hmm. also feel it between Pattinson and Keegan. But with Pattinson and Keegan... I need more of it. I need to see oh, yeah, that. Sure. I, I need to see that relationship really fleshed out because I feel like their relationship would kind of piggyback in a way that you couldn't get from Bale and, and Ledger. Absolutely. I, I think there's there's something that they could pob- probably do between the two of them that would rival what Ledger and Bale brought to this film. Absolutely. But, it is a shame because I really would have liked to have seen what, what Heath Ledger could have done with a third film. Um, I've read pages from the diary because there are some online that he had while making this movie and what the, the journal and diary that he kept as the Joker for when he would get into the role, like all that. Like it, it, oh, wow. It was it's a it, it, it was an easy read, I'll tell you that. Oh, I'm sure. But, yeah, this movie... This movie still holds up. I, I would argue is like one of the, the greatest superhero films ever made. Absolutely. Like the, the, if there is a conversation to be had about greatest superhero film, I think the Dark Knight absolutely has a spot in that conversation. That one hundred percent does. Like that, there's, the, you cannot convince me that it does not. Yep. Because this film did so much for superhero movies. I think it, it coming out the same year as Iron Man probably helped. But the fact of the matter is, is like. This film shot on all cylinders. It was a superhero summer blockbuster. It was a crime drama. It was a Batman movie. It had the Joker in it. It had one of the best Joker performances in it. And it again, that it hit that sweet spot of being a summer blockbuster in a Batman movie, and it had his number one antagonist in it. And so I think all of that just gelled together for just a phenomenal box office that it ended up having. Well, and it you know, gave th- us this, a it this... gave us a live action Two Face that was more akin to what Two Face should have been. Oh, sure, you can make that argument too. But I think on the whole, like this, this was this is really what what put Batmania back on a cult, pop cultural map. Like if if you oh, look sure. if you look at Batman '89, there was Batmania then. Fast forward to 2008, that was Batmania round two, and then yeah. I would then even argue that Batmania round three happened with the Batman. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that, what, this is the dark Knight. This film is phenomenal in almost every single way. And I think that that is where we are going to put a pin in it here for this conversation. Craig, are there any final words you'd like to provide? No, just that this was, uh, it was great watching this again and seeing all that. I mean, there were things that I hadn't noticed before that, uh, Every time we've watched a movie together, there's always points where I do see spots where I'm like, never noticed that before, never noticed that. So it's always fascinating to do these these commentaries, to go through these experiences again and remember just how much fun a movie can be, even when it's a very tense, almost at times disturbing journey like this one was. Yeah, I don't have anything negative to say really i mean every time we watch a movie a batman movie specifically i think we always find something else out or one of us has a piece of knowledge about it that the other did not know about so yeah it's it's always fun just getting to revisit just i mean batman who doesn't love batman yep but yeah i think that that is where we're gonna you know 
put a nice little pin in it for this episode. Um, again, you know, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher catches your fix or whatever podcast catcher you use. I don't know why I said catch your fix. Words are hard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, feel free to leave us a review there or feel free to drop us an email, eternalnightpod at gmail.com or feel free to reach out to myself or Craig uh, via Instagram or thread. Oh, well, not threads because there is no DM on there. But Vero, you can DM us on Vero. We're on Vero. Uh, you can search for me at unfiltered and you can search for Craig, uh, Craigy underscore Omega on yep. Instagram and Vero or no Instagram and threads. I don't know about yep. Vero. Is Vero all one Vero, word? Vero let me do one word. They okay. apparently didn't find it profane. Okay, <laughs> cool. And again, you can, again, you guys can find me just, uh, Vero, Instagram, threads, Twitter, at unfiltered. And that is again, where we are parting ways for this episode uh take it easy stay safe keep it classy in the cave as always bat family take care is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Entertainment, or anything else related to WBD. Uh, All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. If you would like to follow along the show, you can follow along on Podbean or iTunes. Feel free to drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us along on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.